It's the True Penny Show with your host James True Penny. Hello and welcome to the True Penny Show. My name is James True Penny. This is my show, and today we are at Eddie on Arena in Osaka to talk about new beginnings, new beginnings, new beginnings. That's a great beginning. I nearly said new bikinis in Japan, which I'm sure there will be. Spring is upon us. Not with this kind of temperature. No, I said spring. It was spring. The world spring is upon us sooner rather than later. It's February. All right, maybe not. Um, but yes, new beginnings in Japan. In new Japan, new beginnings in Osaka. Oh my new god, Japan for wrestling. James, are you okay? <laughs> I had a big tea. I, I, I've had a lot today. I, I had food that needed to be eaten up, and I was like, I was on a mission. But anyway, as you can hear by the dulcet tones and laughter at my incompetence. The mockery, yeah. But Christy is here to speak to us, our New Japan correspondent. How are you doing, Mom? Yeah, I'm doing okay. I'm laughing now. Um, <laughs> yeah, doing okay. Bit of a headache from a huge show this morning, and it's evening, so still yes. there. Yeah, we, we, we've had a couple of hours off to digest, if you will, the fallout from today's show. Um, which was in front of 5,327 people, as I said, Eddie on Arena, and it was a blast from top to bottom with a bit of a draggy bit in the middle, but it was exceptionally well-paced and may arguably one of the best wrestling shows of the decade, I would suggest. I'm going to pull that out there. It certainly involved the match of the decade, and possibly the best match of this century, in my humble opinion. You Not mean a Yano show versus Taguchi and Bolton? <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> three minutes and 45 seconds now uh, we will open with Toru Yano and Yo defeating... can I just before we get started on the actual match oh, okay, okay. one thing no it's there's no no one's injured before people are like oh no she's going to talk about someone being injured again I just want to say I listened back to some of our podcasts and I'm going to try and be more positive on the guys I don't like it's okay. I'm more than negative enough on the guys I don't like. Yeah, us, but it, both. it's just, I, I was listening and I'm like, okay, well, every other match is, oh, I don't like this guy because he's a shithole. So, yeah, I'm, no, but I think I think that's reasonable. I mean, very much. It is, but, but it, it's repetitive and I'm just going to try and be a bit more positive about the guys who haven't done anything, who've just said shitty things. Bear, bear so, in mind that most, Ben Spindler once described me and Marcus Green as the two most sickeningly happy individuals he's ever met. <laughs> so, oh, you know, <laughs> we are sickeningly positive and don't get negative enough about stuff. Um, so, you know. Well, I'm going Mar to try Marcus, at least. Marcus is a cheerful, happy-go-lucky young man. Yeah, he and is. Yes, yeah, so we have balance on this show. If you want us to talk about awesome wrestling and us two being sickeningly happy, go listen to The Glade Show from last week because we adored it. Oh. There you go. Anyway, well, apart from, you know, Honda. Uh, this match, this opening match, Toriyano versus and Yo versus Oleg Bolton and Raisuke Taguchi, the man who ruins everything. Three minutes and 45 seconds. Um, yes, we had this conversation last night that everything in New Japan Pro Wrestling is Raisuke Taguchi's fault, and it is. It is. It really is. <laughs> and we need to keep him away from the pure and beautiful Oleg Bolton for as long as possible. <laughs> Just and keep him away from everyone. Here is another example of such things because, you know, Tariano and Yo, 
heated tag team. Second coming in the Road Warriors, clearly managed to put these away in three minutes and 45 seconds with a roll-up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there you go. It, I mean, it was perfectly fine for what it was. Match of the century. Entertaining in the sense of, you know, the loser goes come up and yet again. What's your thoughts on this one, Christine? <laughs> well, it was an opener. But I, I actually think it had some points to it that I enjoyed. Cause apart from the random masked horse mention, I don't know why they went there. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, yeah. uh, masked horse does have a, a well, masked horse looks ripped as opposed to dad bod at the buffet to Gucci, which we had today. Yeah, I don't, I think they're friends, right? That's, that's yes, the connection. Yes, yes, yes. A mentor, uh, if you and, will. and Bolton just has a name that fits with horses. So that's why he's. Bolting, bolting, yes. Bolting, yeah. Yes, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> sorry. People are like, oh, we get the joke by now. Okay. Sorry. I'll hey, we like sticking with kayfabe <laughs> for as long as we possibly can until, yeah. it's, until it's time to let go. You like the love of kayfabe? I, c I could never. Okay. Uh, and then Bolton was calling the shots at some point. And it didn't work out. And that's why you don't listen to the Young Lions. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Like he had he had uh, uh Tariano up in the 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 um what was the thing there? The uh the the, the gut wrench suplex position that he does where he kind of tosses people around <laughs> at his own free will, which Taguchi was inevitably going to fail at and you know took advantage because yeah. he's a wily young man who was trained well. Like, Pie, I won't yeah. suffer Pie this Rocky bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Bolton didn't take the pin, though, again. No, true. It's just a show like Taguchi's totally useless. <laughs> yeah, but it's still interesting, a young lion not taking the pin. They are protecting him somewhat. Yeah. I feel. he. The, uh, they have big things in, on, on the horizon for this young man. Um, which quite rightly show as well. Because um, he's going to bulldoze people. He's got all the presence <laughs> yeah. now. He's got all the presence and he could do it. He, he gets pro wrestling, which not, you know, not everyone who comes across from a shoot kind of front does. Um, you know, Brock Lesnar was not a hit straight away. It took him a while. <laughs> you and know. He, his promos are still not the yeah. best. No. So we'll see. Also, it's an asshole who apparently is involved in. The Vince stuff, so fuck him. Oh, yes. Anyway, yes. positive I mean, thinking. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, I, didn't, I was using Brock Lesnar as an example. I didn't say he was a fine, upstanding human no, no, being. No, no, no. It's just you mentioned Clearly him. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> no, that went without saying, I thought. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Brock Lesnar, okay. dickhead, yes. <laughs> Shall we move on? Yes, let's go to my boys. Oh, yes, and my boys too. Uh, United Empire, boo, here's boo. Callum Newman and Great Khan went up against the former IWGP tag team champions, Hiroki Goto, Yoshihashi, who were in no mood, as you can possibly imagine, ready to build, rebuild a reputation. Uh, last year's uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated, the fourth best tag team in the world, and they were not happy, quite rightly, with that fourth ranking. They want to get over there to the top. Should so, have been first. Should have been first, FDR. Hmm. Who beat FDR, eh? I know who beat FDR. It was Bishimon. And did FDR enter the World Tag League? 
No, they did not. Did they get back-to-back -back tag team championships? Uh, sorry, World Tag League championships? No, they did not. Anywho. <laughs> Deep breath. On the United Empire, Carol Newman and Great O'Khan put in a sterling effort, but there was only ever going to be one another in this particular matchup because Great O'Khan is, is in his sad place, as, despite being the pro wrestling champion. Um, and so he's like, I don't understand how he's managed to win a championship and seem lower down the card when he started. Carl Newman, on the other hand, um, took a bit of a kicking, which is kind of his job at the moment, but he's very good at taking a kicking. Hiroki yeah, Goto and Yoshihashi were super smooth, as you would expect. What's your thoughts about this, Christy? Apart from, <laughs> oh. Oh, what about Yoshihashi? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, most of my comments are about the commentary, actually. CMDK <laughs> <laughs> showed up for this one and for a couple of matches after this, and it was, it was funny, but also chaotic. And I'm like, some of these comments are fitting with the commentary because, well, we'll get to that. But also, uh, one of TMDK went uh, completely on the um, bullshitting Yoshihashi train, like completely boring and yeah. like, fuck Yoshihashi is awful. And then the other guy, I, I can't distinguish their voices yet. That, was, that <laughs> was Shane Hayes. Mad Mikey Nichols was the one who was a bit more respectful. And Mikey Nichols went, he's my favorite wrestler. <laughs> and I'm like, this is peak Twitter discourse where one side is like, I hate this guy's guts, and the other's like, I yeah. love him, he's the best. <laughs> <laughs> have you have you heard of um HG and Roy? Have I heard of what? Sorry, Mr. Right, okay. So um there is a couple of comedians, uh, actors who play TV commentators, but they're the most Australian TV commentators ever. Yeah, no, I've I've never heard of them. I right. have seen a picture of them because I cycled the I posted picture. Yes, yeah. And back in back in the nineties, they had a TV show that was called Club Baggery, which was <laughs> was them two hosting a working men's club because in Australia, the the rugby league clubs have these massive like um, halls that are built mm -hmm. as, as like literally two thousand seat dinner halls, so you can have a big dinner party. To, to celebrate the club and race ones for the club and stuff. And they 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 did a TV show based around them hosting it. And um, they did all sorts of sports stuff. And like the night that the French Secret Service bombed the Greenpeace ship in the in Sydney Harbour, <laughs> they did a piece on that, which was like, so HG, the French, how good are they? And it's just like, it's just, it's just like that. And they just, they, every year they do the, the big rugby league game in, in Australia is the, is the state of origin. So like Victoria played New South Wales and um, they do an alternative commentary to the state of origin every year. <laughs> and it's just like that. It's just, it is, it, and that's what it just reminded me of. It's these two are just riffing completely bullshit the entire yeah, just, time. just riffing off the top of their heads about anything they see in front of them and yeah. it just reminded me of that and it's just like i won i did mention this on time and kevin kelly agreed with me we should have three commentary tables the japanese commentary table the english commentary table and the aussie australian commentary, commentary table and it should be uh i sh i think it should be mad mikey nichols 
Shane Haste and Kosi Fujita just nodding. <laughs> saying <laughs> like, yes or no yes, randomly. Yes, yes, just saying yes or no randomly. And they should have that at every major event. They don't have to do it every time because obviously the boys have to wrestle. But I think it would just be thrilling. Yeah, it, it was really fun. But I do think if they'd been there the entire show, I would have gotten mad. I think, yes, point. I think it was overwhelming, perhaps. Certainly, <laughs> it seems to be overwhelming for Walker Stewart, too. <laughs> and I love the comment of like the first time I wrestled Yoshihashi was in 2005. Chris Chan goes, Yeah, Walker wasn't born then. <laughs> <laughs> no, Gota. The, the first time he wrestled Gota, right? Yeah, the first time I wrestled Gota was in 2005. <laughs> yeah, Walker wasn't born at that point. So, oh, bloody Made hell. I feel really old, too. <laughs> Like, oh my god, 2005. Yeah. I, I did like one comment, and I'm like, they fit in perfectly with this commentary team. Because mm. I don't know which of the two said it, but one guy from Team DK went touching tips, you know, about the thing Yoshihashi go to do <laughs> when they win. They put their stars together. <laughs> and he went, touching tips, how nice. I'm taking Yoshihashi's stick and touching tips with Goto. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's that's commentary on New Japan Pro Wrestling. We have to grease him up like a well-oiled otter. What was the other one? But that was that again. Shane Haste was just like uh, just great, absolutely fantastic. If they're not talking about two for hours, if they're not talking about asses on New Japan Pro Wrestling, they're talking about dicks. It's like of course it is. It's the gayest thing in the world, and and we're all happy with that. You know, <laughs> comfortable with your sexuality around here. Oh, oh yeah. Anyway, Bishamon won. Um, shall we they move did. on? Yeah. <laughs> and they touched tips. They did. Um, speaking of touching tips, House of Torture, Evil Resnerita show. Yujiro Takashi, I was going to get to dick on dick action, which we didn't see. Oh, right. Time. You see, I was going somewhere with that. <laughs> I was uh, like, how's the torture? Touch dick, oh, dick to dick contact? Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, it yes. makes sense. Was, was he even there? I don't remember seeing Dick Togo. I think he was. There. I remember his face and the whole strangling someone. Everyone remembers his face. That's the worrying part. It's the mm. last thing you see. Uh, they defeated El Desperado, Shota Umino, Tiger Mask, and apparently the voice of reason, Tommy Honma, mm. who had to calm people down from overreacting. <laughs> just let Desperado do what he wants it's just not worth it mate it's not let worth him go. it <laughs> 8 minutes and 43 seconds of your standard behaviour with an interesting promo at the end which we shall discuss shortly the match itself to be honest Desperado and Tiger Mask did most of the work and didn't really need anyone else but there you go it was... how, how did them? they were Sorry? on the same team they were, but they did, well, I mean, I mean, as far as like the Hontai team was concerned, oh, like Masked okay. Desperado like... basically did everything. <laughs> House of Torture were a were bit they more. They spread together because no, they got they... bored with House of Torture. That that makes sense. Like yes. fuck House of Torture, they're not going <laughs> to wrestle fairly anyway. Let's wrestle each other. <laughs> yes, so House of Torture was like you know they did their thing, but it did seem to be Despian, Despian Tiger Mask who did everything in this match. Yeah. Umino and Honma were along for the ride. Um, but yeah. What's your thoughts on this? <laughs> Another commentary from TMDK. The biggest lie on the show was one of them saying that show is ugly. <laughs> like, he is evil and he's terrible and he's a gremlin, but he's not ugly. Come on. 
luckily it was all retracted. He was like, no, no, I'm lying. He's actually very pretty. And that is true. <laughs> I know you didn't want you. I don't, I know you don't like having your feelings hurt when it comes to the prettiness of the boys. Yes. That, how dare you? Yes. Shocking you. Like show is basically a model. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and then the booing from the crowd. I, I love it so much that the crowd boos House of Torture. It makes me happy because it's it's very wrestling 2024 to, to only boo guys you like because of non-kayfabe reasons. Yeah. Um, because that's a lot of Western crowds would like boo a guy, not because he's a heel, but because he's a face they don't like. And I like that this crowd just absolutely hates House of Torture and and works with House of Torture. They're supposed th- to boo them. I think I think as well, this is the reason why a lot of American fans don't get it. Because in America, even heels will get cheered because they're good at what they do. Mm-hmm. Which is the reason why MJF's a babyface now. But it's like in Japan, the reason why House of Torture are booed isn't because they're rubbish. They're booed is because people don't like them as characters because they're evil. That's kind mm-hmm. of the point. There was a good example that, like, um, on Collision last night, Julia Hart stabbed somebody. And yeah. um, um, some of the anti AEW crowd were like tagging Eric Bischoff and Jim Cornette. Look what she's done. It's like, yeah, she's a heel. She's supposed yeah. to. She's supposed to be booed. She's Cornette not very... is going to hate the main event from the show. Yes. <laughs> She's not very nice. That's the point. Yeah. yeah. That's... And, and you're supposed to boo her. I think yeah. the issue also with some crowds is that they don't want to seem like a mark. Yeah. So they're like, no, we know, we know what, what this is and we're not going to listen. We're no. going to, to pretend we're in on it you know so we're not going to do what you want us to do which is the most marky thing possible because the remark for people like cornet who is if nothing else exceptionally good at manipulating people because that's what made him a great manager back in the day and he manipulates the audience he has now to what they need what he wants them to know and do because he's not stupid because he wants to make a living. (laughs) No no one's ever accused no one's accused ever accused Jim Cornet of being dim. He is not. He may be wrong and he may be pushing buttons, but there's a reason why he does everything he does. And that's you know, guys better make a living. I have issues with his attitudes towards people, his issues to his attitudes towards certain things, but guys better make a living. And it's it also makes it very difficult to tell a story when the entire mm. audience is working against you. Yeah. And yeah, that's the thing is House of Torture are uh, making money and over fist. Yeah, it just makes me happy. Like I know I know they're annoying, but that's the point. Yeah. I mean I can I could I mean it's not so bad now because things have calmed down because they've established the characters so they don't have to be. You know, and that's that's the thing is like but it's no different to what Bullet Club, like the the Finn Balor, Prince Devitt era Bullet Club were doing. They did exactly the same thing. Everybody hated them. But no one was really watching then when it came to Western fans because it wasn't as readily available as it is now. So everyone looks back to that era of Bullet Club as a golden age of cool healdom. And it was like, eh. 
The heels are not supposed to be cool. No, they're not. They're supposed like, to be jerks. I, I know this is ironic coming from someone who started loving Desperado when he was a heel. And at some point he was kind of cool. He was also mm-hmm. a dork. But it, it, there's a difference to me between liking heels and liking heels to the point where you treat them like their faces. Yes. And I would treat Desperado like a face on Twitter, but if we were in a venue and he was a heel, I would I would clap, sure, but I would not go like, this is my guy, I want him to win, because that's not the point. Yeah. This, this, it's all, it's the respectfulness of it, you know, because you are, it's like, I don't go to a pantomime and boo the bad guy character and cheer for the bad guy character, do you? Because that's, you know, that's not the fun. The fun is you go to, to lose belief. That's the whole idea. This is a wrestling mm-hmm. show. You go to lose belief. You know, and it makes, it makes it so much harder for the heel as well. Yeah, that's it. And makes it so much harder for other people to enjoy it. <laughs> but it, yeah, it's just like you know, it's just like um, both these guys. Chance, do my head in. I was at a show in show. I was at a show in progress. Progress in Manchester. A couple of my mates were stood next to me. One guy starts to shout, "Both these guys, both these guys!" And my mates stand up, just go well behind him, and go pick a side. That's <laughs> the point. Yeah, it's like this isn't like you know. Yes, the match we have later on in the show, yes, both these guys put a normal amount of effort in. But it's supposed to be, like, it's part sport and it's part theatre. And, you know, you've got to buy into the theatre element to make it enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. But anywho, and, we're not uh, telling you how to enjoy wrestling. You enjoy it whichever way you want. But it's just annoying. It's just annoying when you don't do it, it makes right. makes me happy to see the Japanese crowds. Just be so into hating them. Yeah. And they should be allowed to. Boo. That's the really, you know, that's the whole thing in it. You know, but then you go. Should I have on? one more comment on Jota getting spray painted? Oh yeah. I hope I, I hope that shit comes off because <laughs> I don't know what that is, but I hope it comes off. It should do. Hopefully they'll be very sensible. There'll be an unfortunate Roddy Piper incident. Do you know the story? No. This is horrifically. So. This is also a horrifically racist. But uh, at SummerSlam 1990, Roddy Piper was booked to wrestle Bad News Brown, the guy from Stampede Wrestling, who you know he was badass, right? Yeah. Um, and Roddy Piper was having a feud with him that came from the Royal Rumble. Anyway, so at SummerSlam oh, did he they had blackface or something. No, even worse. Half his body was white, and the other half was black. Okay. <laughs> to show his support for all races was his idea, and it's like, Roddy, dear God, Roddy, no. But what made it worse was that someone had swapped out the black body paint for boot polish. Oh, God. So he had to go through every airport for the next two weeks whilst keeping a full WWE schedule, half black and half Immediate karma. Yeah, there you go. It may have been Pat mm. Patterson. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there you go. That's the thing. Anyway, God bless you, Roddy. But some of your ideas were stupid. <laughs> Anything. Anywho, let us move on. The end. Do you want to talk about the Despy show bit? 
Oh yeah, yeah, let's be sure of it. Yeah. So after the match, um, show stole the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship because that is the the house of torture mo, um, and begged once again Desperado for an IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship match. Desperado was always says no because a you haven't won anything in about three years, and two you're a bit rubbish. So no, <laughs> and um, this time Desperado went all right then. I'll give you the championship match. But, but if, if you lose, you have to join Strong Style, which is the faction which is sorely lacking members since Ren Narita was deposed himself from Strong Style, which now consists of El Desperado and Minoru Suzuki. And Suzuki's not there, so it's basically no. only Despi. <laughs> Minoru Suzuki is currently uh, wrestling for all Japan Pro Wrestling and taking up foreign tours at his will and selling socks. Um, Minoru will t- return upon whenever he's needed. Um, and I did figure out, like, you know, I think that the idea of him coming back into the dressing room and this, this, this show stood there and him going, What's this little shit doing here? Yeah. <laughs> Despy's like, I got a pet now. Yeah, exactly. And that's pretty much what it will be because I can't see Despy losing this title right now. <laughs> so this could be with hilarious results. I, I would love it. that so much. I'm on to two sides about this because on the one hand I don't want Despy to lose and like why would they make, make Despy lose but on the other hand I'm like there's why would they suddenly dump show there I, I would love it though because this is the entire story that I uh, suggested to you years ago about mm. the young lion being adopted by Suzuki-gun yeah. again, against his will and then slowly being turned only this is the other way around it would be the other way around if show were to be forced to join Desperado and Desperado slowly whittling away at him being an evil guy and showing him what it's like to be good and reminding him, look, this is what you were like when you were in chaos. You can do this and yeah. you can be good. That would be such a good story. I On the just... other hand, I'm like, maybe they are going to give show the title because Kawato was supposed to be the one who got the title from Despi or something like I, I'm I'm never going to trust New Japan not to screw Desperado over. I think well, I mean it depends unless because like Despi has been kind of pushed to the moon since he won that belt. I think if he drops the title, they might do something bigger with him. If he doesn't drop the title, I, I'm personally I'm under the opinion he keeps it for a year and he loses it to somebody at Wrestle Kingdom, so he's given a chance to establish himself because he never really got a chance to that. The last time he had the belt, he didn't really get that chance. So I think, mm-hmm. you know, he has one long establishing run with the belt. He drops it in, say, November and has a run, a heavyweight championship, like the Never Open Weight Championship, which isn't really a heavyweight championship. Anyone can have a go at that, or King of Pro Wrestling title. And he tries to broaden his depth, as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, if he does lose it, then I don't think Show's a bad one, but I don't think he's going to lose it. I think that's the issue is, I think the idea of like Show being an eight-man to like Nagata and Suzuki, and Nagata and Suzuki just beating the shit out of him until he, until he, until he does like, essentially what, what Suzuki used to do to Desperado. And like mm-hmm. Nagata, Nagata and Suzuki just annoyed with him, grinding him down until he like behaves. It's comedy gold written all over it. So. I, I love this so much as the idea. Al- yeah. Also because... Desperado is great in a relationship where he's annoyed with someone. Yeah, that's that, it. I'm, I'm not sure that makes any sense, but it's just he makes hilarious comments and he looks like he's having the best time just fucking with someone. 
And this is the other way around. Like in Desperado Water, you've got the good guy who wants Despi's attention. Uh, yeah. And with show, you would have the guy who doesn't want Desperado's attention. Like, Dad, why are you telling me that I'm being a bad boy? That yeah. kind of stuff. And that would be so much fun. I'm yeah. just sitting here writing the entire storyline already. <laughs> I, I hope New Japan does it because it, it would be fun. It's it can, something yeah. different. I can I can just imagine like Suzuki coming back off tour just to help Desperado beat show and then just grabbing him by the scruff of the neck and going, Oh, I'm gonna have so much You're fun with you. Now. I'm gonna have yeah. <laughs> we will mold you. <laughs> and One way like, or the other. And yeah. shows like I miss I miss evil. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was evil, but he wasn't this bad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. I can just And narrator's like, ha. Yes. Or well, so, say like, show like Despy making him do death matches. Just, just, <laughs> just a torture. Like, I'm too pretty for this. Yeah. Oh dear. Anywho, just five guys. Talking and about was, pretty. Yes. And indeed Los Ignorables uh, Hapon, um, who aren't particularly bad looking. Um the never ending story seemingly that they have been feuding now low these last fifteen years, or that's what it seems like. Um, they had another five-man match this week, five-on-five match. We are still, still building up to Yotasuji versus Yue Yuimura in a hair versus hair match, which Christy is not oh, looking forward to. Um, where someone will lose their hair, all of it, apparently. Um, but yes, um, yeah. Katie from Fightful was mentioned that her sister doesn't really like wrestling, but thinks hair versus hair is the meanest match you could possibly have. <laughs> and she's right. Though. She's absolutely right. Um, I did pass along the, the greatest hair versus hair match, which is Toshi United versus Manami Toyota, which is absolutely emotionally brutal. <laughs> mm. it, you, it will give you a nervous breakdown if you let it. Uh, you should, everyone should see that match. But anyway, um, so this is going to be on that part. Uh, Duki Sanada Taichi Takamichi no Kinyuyama again take a win over Los Ignorables Du Hapan, who are aggrieved because they keep losing. Um, but it was fun. This was 7.5 from the, oh no, it's the next match. Um, but yeah, this was just fun and it, it's been a fun series to watch them. We've perhaps seen enough of them by now. Um, never, never. Possibly my two never. favorite factions together. I know, but it has just been how many? Well, it's not, I mean, I suppose they haven't been going as long as United Empire and War Dogs, have they? So it just, see, it, see there's a, the difference is United Empire and War Dogs are trying to murder each other and these two teams are just having. Begrudging respect matches. I think that's possibly the reason. <laughs> it's also that I like all of these guys. That helps. Yeah, yeah, that does help. And you only like like seventy five percent of the other guys. <laughs> I, I like about twenty five percent of them, and I begrudgingly accept the other fifty percent. <laughs> and then there's twenty five percent that can go fuck off. <laughs> okay, but anything to mention about this match? Because uh, nothing really stood out. To, to you. To mute. Hang on. Hang on. To I haven't you. finished yet. I know to me. Um, I will I will say uh, um Duki and Hiromu Takahashi, the chemistry is growing on me. I like it a lot. And there was there was another there was another CMDK commentary moment where it was like if I was Hiromu, I would have taken my shirt off by now. Yeah. <laughs> my brother wants to. He keeps talking about undressing Toki. <laughs> I'm going to reveal him to be the sexy man he is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, you're right, Aram. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Hiromu can't feud with a masked guy without making it sexual somehow. No, no, true. Um, yeah, I think that's that's the thing. But yeah, no, this was this was right. Before we go in deep into the relationships between these two, these the individuals, the actual wrestling side, just a really good <laughs> wrestling match. One thing I really did like was Yuya Yumura's like um, arm stretch. I can't remember what he calls it, but the two feet arm stretch on Yotsuji's arm because he keeps going up to Yotsuji's arm so, the, so the, the big man can't get the big moves on him, which I like. It's good storytelling. Smart. Yeah, yeah. What's your thoughts on this, though? <laughs> Otherwise. I like that you're like, before we get to the character part, let's talk about the wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's well, we, the we've, part. We've, got, we've got a lot of kind of character stuff to talk about over the rest of this show because... With one slight dip, everything <laughs> kind of kicks yeah. in on the character front as from now on. Yeah. Aaron. Okay. So, um, first of all, on the hair versus hair thing, I agree. I think the advantage of New Japan is, though, that we've already seen them without their hair. Because I can yeah. see a, 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 some wrestlers who do hair versus hair matches who haven't been bold any, at any point in their life. And then it's like, well, is he going to look okay? You know? Whereas with Suji and Yuya, we've already seen what they look like with no hair. And they're both fine. Yuya's good looking, whatever hair he has. And Suji looked fine too. So that's, for me, that's the only thing that's like, okay, it'll be fine. I know they'll still look good. It's just not ridiculous. It's not, as emo- it's not as emotionally jarring as a women a women's hair versus hair match, is what you're saying. So. That, um, well, more that as long as you know that it's fine for the guy who gets shaved bald. Because yeah. for me, it'll be like, what if the guy who gets shaved is like, this is horrible, that looks ridiculous, and he feels bad or ugly or whatever. <laughs> That's what, what goes through my mind. And I'm like, they've done this. They've wrestled as young lions for months. It's fine. I mean, yeah, there, there was the, my favorite hair versus hair match was, uh, I think I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, was um, Teddy Long, who was manager of Doom, had a feud with um, Precious Paul Ellering, who was manager of the Road Warriors, and they ended up having a hair versus hair match. So that's Paul Ellering, who was bald, against Teddy Long, who was also bald, had a hair versus hair match, boxing match, <laughs> yeah. nonetheless. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, uh... <laughs> so this has a bit more at stake than that. Um, but yeah, well, at least you know everyone will be okay, depending yeah, on the. Yes, this is true. The Kamakuri death match, you know, is the of, uh, of uh, the some of the some of the best women's matches I've seen. Uh, Kamakuri death matches, even up until recently. Because there's so much on the line involved, and they put all the effort they possibly can into it. Um, so, look at some of them up. The oh, um, yeah. jump, jumping bong angels versus Gokaki uh, Dome is another one that's really, really good. So yes, sorry. Yeah. Um, other point that I wanted to mention: commentary again, <laughs> N- not CMDK, just a, a general commentary note that they ca- they refer to Yuya challenging Naito several times. Mm-hmm. Like uh, he was going after Naito, and then referring back to the last show where I don't know if you remember, but uh, Naito had the belt on the floor, and Yuya was so focused on uh, Yota that he stood literally over the belt, and Naito was about to grab it. Do you remember that moment? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
and Yuya was was paying no attention to Naito at all. Mm. And I I was like, is this intentional? Is just is this just because he happened the belt happened to be there, and now that commentary is mentioning it again, and they were like, oh look, Yuya's going for Naito. I feel like that might go somewhere. Yes, I think so too. I think if he beats Suji, then he's got you know big singles match. He's got a stake to claim against yeah. the former number one contender for the IWGP Heavyweight Champion. Hey, I beat Suji, and Suji challenged Sonata, and you're the champ now. So why not turn the favor? That's what's one thing. And NATO needs challenges. You know, uh, yes, he's got Sonata coming up at the end of this tour, but. And Zach, maybe eventually. Yeah, that's the one. But let's that... talk about that later. Let's talk about that later, because, <laughs> oh, I have feelings about that. But yeah. yes, yeah. So I think, you know, you think about this, and then after Sonata, obviously the next big match would be winner of the New Japan Cup. But the winner of the New Japan Cup doesn't necessarily mean he's going to challenge NATO, does it? It you know? doesn't. No, because you know you've got some champ. You, if you say if it's Shio Trimno wins the New Japan Cup, he's obviously going to go after Evil because he will, because uh, that's where the heat is. And it's been done before. Shinsuke Nakamura challenged for the IWGP Heavyweight heavy, Intercontinental Heavyweight Championship, not the World Heavyweight Championship. And he won the New Japan Cup in 2015, I want to say. Yeah. So you know it's um, nothing's screwed on, and NATO needs challengers and. You've got to elevate them, young guys. I'm not saying Yumura is going to beat him, but I probably almost guarantee you won't. But hanging with NATO for 25 minutes does you an awful lot of good, doesn't it? It does. And and mm. NATO has been mentioning Yuya. Hmm. He sees things. Promos and stuff. Mm. He definitely does. So we'll see um, how that yeah. develops. I hope so. Shall um, we move on? And one more comment. Oh, sorry. Done. Yes. What's your because comment? I got like an indirect mention there today. Ah, yes, for the hair, the the, <laughs> the um, hair, best, hair tournament. The hair versus hair, yeah, the hair tournament in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yeah, I, I'm not not sure if any listeners know, but on Twitter I'm doing a who has the best hair tournament right now, <laughs> and commentary mentioned it, and I was like, "That's me." Aww, <laughs> he, they didn't mention me by name, but they did mention like uh, there's a big tournament, hair tournament on Twitter. Or something like that going on there you go which makes me smile i was yeah. like they're talking about hair are they going to mention it and they did <laughs> so best day of my life Aww. i got a mention on new japan yeah indirectly it's cool. indirectly it's cool it's nice when they do do things like that i was very happy look kevin kelly i sent him not a message but i sent a tweet to kevin kelly because Shrek Hideki was at a show and Henry and Okan went to say hello to him and Kevin didn't know who he was. <laughs> so I sent so I sent a message because New Japan posted the video of it. Hey, that's Shrek Hideki. He's, a, he's, an, M- he's an MMA fighter and he wrestles for the weight. He's like, hey, thank you, Show Flamestar. Like, that's very cool. Oh, so yeah, yeah. yeah it's that's nice. awesome. Yes. Now, Okay, serious. now I'm done. You can go yeah. to... Serious business. <laughs> Indeed. Very, very serious business. The last match for Kazuchika Okada in, well, in Osaka. He's still got a couple to go. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the biggest farewell tour ever. It's like the Rolling Stones. Um, he deserves it. He does. Uh, 
wrestling Hiroshi Tanahashi for the arguably the last time. I almost certainly say it's the last time you will wrestle Hiroshi Tanahashi. Probably the last time he wrestles in Osaka. But um, it's the last time he'll wrestle for New Japan Pro Wrestling. This was never going to be anything more than the greatest hits match. However, they're the two guys who are the greatest. So it was never going to be any worse than excellent. And this was excellent. It was everything you wanted Tanahashi versus Okada to be. Was it as good as 2012? No. Because it can't be. Okada's a better wrestler now than he was then, but Tanahashi is not the wrestler he was in 2012. Having said that, it's the feud that has defined New Japan Pro Wrestling for the best part of the last 15 years. It's the two men who have meant more to this company since the 1990s, let's be honest. And it's two guys who fill stadiums hand over fist and have made money for this company. And they are absolutely beloved. And you get to see them go one more time. And it's probably the last time we'll see them go at this level. And I am so glad I'm a wrestling fan. And I got to witness this match. Aww. And it's sad. And I, I, I'm... Happy for Ricardo for the decisions that he's made. He's decided to go for a new challenge. That means I'm not going to see him wrestle again, probably, because I don't really... I mean, if it's AEW, which is looking more likely at the moment, I will see him occasionally. But I won't be seeing him on a regular basis, and that makes me sad. But equally, you know, that's that's wrestling. And um, I've talked about this a lot. You know, I've been a wrestling fan for a very long period of time. I've been watching New Japan Contracted Wrestler since 1979. I've been watching New Japan Pro Wrestling since 1993. I the company was fine when Chosu left and came back again, and the company was fine when Hashimoto got fired, and the company was fine when Muto got fired, and the company was fine when Makabe did what he did, and, and the company was fine when Kojima left, and it will always be fine because it's New Japan Pro Wrestling and it's the king of sports. That doesn't mean this doesn't mean an awful lot to an awful lot of people, and this was arguably the best thing of Okada could have. And um, we'll see what happens next. What's your thoughts on this, Christy? Oh, that was nice. Thank you. Um, I had a lot of thoughts. Like I mentioned before that Okada was basically my introduction to New Japan. Mm. It's the first Wrestle Kingdom. I, I, I remember I, in the time that I still watched WWE, I was just, I was getting tired because WWE is like in the middle of the night for Europe mm. and I was at that time it, it it was possible for me to watch in the middle of the night and then sleep in but it's just it's it's it was tiring and I was like I'm I, I'm gonna try something else and then by total accident Wrestle Kingdom was on the next day <laughs> and then ne- literally the next day when I decided that and a friend of mine was like if you want to watch I'll give you my account details and you can decide afterwards if you like it and see where you go from there. And I did. I watched. And the one, the, the big match was, uh, was Okada Omega. Mm. And I remember that I was always more interested in, I think it was Tanahashi Naito at the point. Yeah. Um, but Okada stood out to me as like the star. Like mm. I liked the match that Tanahashi and Naito had more. Mm. Maybe because Okada Omega was about the big spots and stuff like that. 
Yeah. And I'm never, I've never been into that so much as I've been into storytelling and Naito's and Tanahashi's storytelling is just great. But Okada stood out to me. I still remember like the, the tall, handsome blonde guy, sparkling robes, you know. Mm. When you've never seen him before and you've seen him at Wrestle Kingdom for the first time, <laughs> that's that's an impression. And that that's my first memory of Okada and my biggest first memory from Wrestle Kingdom. Like, obviously, I, I saw matches before that, but that's what stood out to me. And I still remember from my first Wrestle Kingdom. And then from there on, he was he was the big, big guy. I remember coming back a couple of years ago and being like, this is the first time in my New Japan time that Okada isn't the champion. Because mm. he was the champion for most of my New Japan run. So he, he's just been the guy the entire time I've watched New Japan. So it, the idea of not having him there is so strange to me. Like like you you you've seen a lot of gener different generations so it, it's normal but for me okada is new japan he's always been there yeah no i i can see where you come from with that and i completely agree i think that's the thing for a lot of western fans can't see the entire it's like seeing aw without kenny omega and you know it's, it's like it's, he's such a factor that's been within the company but equally that's kind of you know the Japanese way is the company mm -hmm. isn't as big as an individual, you know, and that's and I know it'll be okay. That's the thing. It's like I'm yeah. reassuring people. My friend yeah, and, Annette, and, and, I mean, my friend Annette, who was like, I don't know what we'll do without Canada. It will be fine because it'll always be fine. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and I I make jokes about like I make jokes on Twitter like tie Okada down. Just tie him down, <laughs> tell him he's pretty, and maybe he'll stay. But that's jokes. I don't actually mean that. And I'm happy for him that he's made this decision and that he wants to explore other things. Yeah. But it's the forever dichotomy of wanting it for him, but then being so sad that he's leaving. If you love it, let it free. Yep. Yeah, that, that comes back in the main event, by the way. That comments. Oh yes, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's uh, you're, you're ahead of schedule, uh, James. Oh uh, yeah, well you know this is more important, but <laughs> yeah, okay. but yeah, yeah. I, I mean, Akada and Tanahashi is still it's the defining feud of pro wrestling of the 1990s. Uh, sorry, the 2010s and the 2020s because if you don't have Tanahashi versus Okada, then Jericho doesn't come. Ugh. And um, no, I know, but I, what I'm trying to say is that catalyst of them building the company up. I know you're going to say about Jericho being horrible, and he is horrible, but that's what drew the American audience, a big time American audience. It drew up Omega, it drew up all of these things that have happened, but they would not have happened without Kaido versus Tanahashi. I didn't mean to like make your heart sink when I said Jericho, by the way, <laughs> but you know what I mean. It's just like wrestling. You mentioned a guy and it's like, is he a good guy or is he a bad guy? Chances are he's a bad guy. Probably, yeah. Well, it's like, you know, but that, that, those thinking about those nights, like the night a firing squad got rid of the elite in Bullet Club in front of 11,000 people in the pyramid in Long Beach. Um, first night of the G1 in Dallas, 
all of those things don't happen without Hiroshi Tanahashi versus mm-hmm. Tsuchika Okada because they're the ones that set the ball rolling and dragged everybody with them. You know, that's you, you, if you want a territory or a company to do well, you have to have those guys. And it goes back in history that the, I listened to an interview with the Honky Tonk Man, believe it or not, about Stampede. It was on the Dynamite Kid documentary. And they said, what was it like wrestling in Stampede in the 70s? They said it was actually fairly easy going until Dynamite and Davey Boy turned up. <laughs> and then we had to go because they would not stop. And that's what Okada and Tanahashi have done. You look at all Japan women in the 90s, the company grew exponentially, in fact, far too fast for its own good. But it was because they had the best roster of all time in any wrestling company everywhere because they made it happen. And all Japan in the 90s with Kabashi and Misawa and uh, Kawada, those were the guys that made stuff happen. Million dollar gates of Budokan Hall because they just dragged everybody with them. And Okada and Tanahashi have done the same thing. Their legend has made pro wrestling great again and has made pro wrestling a viable product in a different market where they've never really been that viable and they've done incredible things from a business point of view, but that doesn't really interest us as much as great pro wrestling matches and great stories. And that's the reason why they draw money is because they're great pro wrestlers who have great matches and tell great stories. Mm-hmm. But anywho, shall we move on? <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. I described this match as um, the uh, wrestling equivalent of a fart in a hurricane because Really, who was paying attention after that? <laughs> There's a card in tears, waving his way to goodbyes to New Japan Pro Wrestling. Let's trot out Kenter in case Chase Owens, because they're the guys who are going to come along and keep the momentum of this show snapping. Well, Kenter will do. Chase Owens not. Um, Grills Destiny, El Fantasma, and Hikaleo, along with Jado, in a shocking turn of events, uh, lose their IWGP Tag Team Championships to Chase Owens and Kenta, who for once did not phone it in, because their tag team chemistry was that of a lamppost at the beginning of this run. And they've improved no end to being barely competent. <laughs> but there you go. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be dark about this match, because it was perfectly fine for what it was for 13 minutes, 11 seconds. But Chase Owens and Kenta, you know, two guys who are actually pretty good relatively speaking, just had no chemistry whatsoever so far in this run, and they finally got some together, and enough to unseat Hikaleo and El Fantasma. Uh, with the help of Taiji Ishimori, a lot of help from Taiji Ishimori. But it kind of like this OG portion of Bullet Club pulling their weight to, to stay out of the way of the War Dogs and House of Torture, which is intriguing to me as a story, and I'll see where it goes from here. But they're kind of, you know, scooching along as they can do to keep themselves out of trouble. What's your thoughts on this one? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so going to be negative here. I'm sorry in advance. <laughs> but it's it's like it, it was horrible because I was very in my emotions at this point. Like, yeah. I, I'd just seen Okada crying and like Tanahashi Okada and they were hugging and stuff. And then the next shot is Chase Owens walking out. Yeah. And I'm like, ah. <sighs> I compared this on my Twitter to, like, you've got uh, Okada Tanahashi, then you've got Chase Owens, and then you've got Zack Sabre Jr. versus Brian Danielson. (laughs) So it was like a a trash burger. Like, Whoever booked this needs to have a lay down in a dark room (laughs) 
It's like the obvious place to stick with was straight after uh, the opening match. Oh, sorry, after Bishimon versus United Empire at the beginning of the match, because, like, you know, you had the former tag team champions with a big win, and then you have the tag team title matches, and then you've got some tension moving further. By this point, it was like, all right. <laughs> the title match. So they, they turned it into a shit sandwich. Yeah. I mean, I suppose it had, to, it had to happen. Did it, though? <laughs> <laughs> They could have stuck it on any other show on this tour. They could have headlined. Uh, just, it, it's, to be it's honest, also... I'm not being funny. If they'd headlined a Currican Hall show with this, it would have been a banger, and everyone would have enjoyed it, and it would actually. Been well, I would have ended the show early, probably. But yeah, but yeah. You, yeah, but you know what I mean. It would have been like you know, Kentering Currican Hall is actually quite over, and so is Gorillas of Destiny. They could have done something with it, and they would have got main event out of it, and it would have been good TV, and you know. As much of our feelings about Chase, he can make a match work, and that would have been fine. But in this particular, it's like, why bother? <laughs> yeah. Who's gonna Who's gonna remember this championship show? In two weeks' time, we'll be watching a, a row two show somewhere, and we'll be going, "Oh yeah, they're tag team champions." I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's also for me the issue that I I was starting to like Hikuleo and ELP together. Mm. I was actually getting invested into this pairing, and I I never liked ELP. He's made some comments that were borderline offensive, mm-hmm. and but uh, he was growing on me, and Nikoleo was growing on him. I was like, I'm I'm interested to see where they're going because this is not a tag team I'd seen before. I I'd, I'd not expected this to be a thing, mm. and then all of a sudden it's Chase and Kenta who had no chemistry, no history, no nothing. Are like, oh, we're going to challenge. And Hikuleo and ELP are like, okay, I guess. And then they win the title. And I'm like, why is this happening? Is there something behind the scenes that is explaining this? Is ELP not uh, something? Yeah, I mean, that, that's the, that is a possibility. ELP's contract apparently is due to run out and it's not like in line with everybody else's at the end of January. So there is a possibility that he could be going. But he's still strong openweight tag team champion. So. It's Explain just, that if, one. If that's it, if that's the issue, then why did you give them the titles? Why, why, why? It's. I saw a tweet from someone who saw the news and uh, quote tweeted it, and we're like, okay, let's give Bishop on the titles back because this is fucked up, and we're not doing this. I'm like, <laughs> if if this is what you're going to do with it, why take it off of Bishop? Why why make a huge deal out of it if you knew that contracts were up and you hadn't signed ELP, you hadn't decided anything with ELP. Yeah, because you could have had in, in fact you could have had Mighty Don't Neil lose to uh Bishimon in the tag in the tournament final and then have that match at Wrestle Kingdom. I know you're probably saving it for another year. But I suppose the other option is you you're trying to go all in with ELP and make him re-sign and pushing him to the moon. There is the well, it didn't work here. with Okada, so why why are you like this is going to work with ELP? It's it's just it's a it, bit different with ELP to Okada though, because Okada's done everything in the company. ELP hasn't. Yeah, but if it's just it feels to me like this was a sudden decision that makes no sense, no narrative sense, mm. and you're you're destroying a team that's really over. Because did yeah. you see the reaction to ELP and mm-hmm. yeah, they are really over. And you're giving it to Chase Owens, who hasn't been in the company in months, who is not over, who is hated yeah. by the Western side of the fans. Yeah. <laughs> and there, the, the the interesting thing about the this feud is the EOP Ishimori relationship. Yes. Not Kenta and Chase Owens. 
I, I will I will have to say though, props to Chris Charles, because when Chase Owens went to the commentary desk and went, Can you say it, Chris? And Chris just went two times. <laughs> it's like, yes, that's how we all feel, Christopher. Well done. <laughs> I, ju I just don't get it because it feels like it's contradictory to what you're expecting from this. I think you give them the big win. They're popular. They're over their faces. You give them the, the first real defense. It's yeah. like, okay, th this is the one they win, right? Yeah. The, the one mean, win they get. Okay. Yeah. And there's also something that's like, in that case, then why, why not? If you're just doing it as like an aggravation and not like trying to get belts off people for contract reasons, why not drop the New Japan Strong Tag Team titles to Kenta and Chase Owens instead? You know, the two guys who live in America, for instance, would probably be better, <laughs> probably be better off yeah. with those belts because you could stick them on strong, you know, and, you know, they could do some matches over there and do something with those titles instead of them being stuck in Japan. You know, and, yeah, it just feels like they were yeah. last minute told by ELP, I'm not signing. Yeah, it just it feels, eh, doesn't and feel... that that makes me sad because I was getting invested in this team. Yeah, which goes I... back to your age old argument of what's the point of supporting Gaijin's Digipan Pro Wrestling? Yeah, <laughs> and also yeah. for Hikaleo, this was doing wonders for him. Yeah. As, as both a character and as a wrestler, because as a character, he was getting over with the guy, with the fans. The fans were like, oh, that, this guy, he has a personality. He's cute with the ELP. They're doing finger hearts, you know, mm. this is cute. And as a wrestler, he was getting more in uh, used to being extroverted and being like ELP. ELP yeah. was really good for him. ELP was pulling stuff out of him that I haven't seen from him before. Yeah. And yeah. if if this is a consequence of ELP not signing, what do you do with Hikaleo? <laughs> I mean, I suppose I, I suppose the obvious reason is it that Tamatonga, um, not Tamatonga, uh, Tangaloa is now back from injury and not leaving New Japan Pro Wrestling. So the obvious thing to do is to old God and new God combine, which I would guess, not be a bad thing. It wouldn't. Or, but the problem with that for me is that those characters are very similar. They are. Hikuleo well, and Tangaloa. So I like the contrast between ELP and Hikuleo. Yeah, I, I mean, it's the best solution if ELP is leaving, but it just yeah. makes me sad because I was liking this. <laughs> yeah. What can you do? <laughs> Nothing much. That's no. New Japan and that's their foreign. They booked themselves into a corner. And, you know, that's the reason why the belts go on country chases, because they're not going anywhere. Enter exactly. probably won't re-sign with Noah anytime soon, unless he has one farewell run with them. Chase will not get signed by anyone else. So... And the issue is not with Kenta, just to make this no, no, clear. No, I like Kenta. Absolutely nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with Kenta. He's great, and I love the guy, and actually his belligerently having bad matches on purpose gimmick is wonderful. <laughs> backstage promos are hilarious yeah so you're just like i really can't be asked and this is money for like, he's he's <laughs> flirting with like one of the women who's behind the camera half yeah. the time <laughs> like <laughs> matches what i just want to talk to this lady here yes exactly he really is phoning it in the most glorious way and i really enjoy that um, but that's his character and that's yeah, that's what i like that's it's his not character like, no. Yujiro phones it in as well, but he pretends like he's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
That's that's obvious thing. about it. He's, yeah, he's like, Chase looks like he's phoning in, but he's actually trying really hard. That's, <laughs> that's the trouble. But there we go. Anywho, meh, what can you do? Talking Let's... about meh. No, no, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we now move on <laughs> to the scurfing portion of the professional wrestling program, as advertised. Zack Sabre Jr., accompanied by Kasei Fujita, defeats the American Dragon Brian Danielson in 32 minutes and 46 seconds of the greatest professional wrestling match of this century. I cannot, cannot explain so much how happy this match made me. Professional wrestling went off the air in ITV in 1988, and I have waited 36 years for a wrestling match like this to make me smile once again. Because this is the professional wrestling I love. This is the professional wrestling I want to see. If more professional wrestling was like this from now on, I would be a happy, happy person. It doesn't have to be violent. It can be pure sport. And this was as close as you're going to get. And this was just about, I'm better than you. No, you're not. (laughs) Not here. Not today. I'm better than Brian Danielson. I'm better than the best. I am the best professional wrestler in the world. And that's what Zack Sabre Jr. said in this particular match. I loved the exchanges, the fact that they got a crowd stomping and cheering with wrist locks. It's just insane. The fact that they got everything going for them in all the momentum ways they could, the mind games that they played. This was just, this is what wrestling's supposed to be like to me. This is the wrestling I grew up on. This is the professional wrestling that wrestling is. The main event is as well, and I'll talk about that in a different way. But this was everything I ever wanted from a professional wrestling match. This was just absolutely superb. The character work as well was just it was just everything. The Zack Sabre Jr. is an amalgamation of a bunch of British wrestlers. It's not just the wrestling style in the sense of the submissions and the and the the windy man. It's about channeling that aggression and channeling the guys like Les Kellett and um, Leonaris and Jim Brakes and um, Johnny Saint, the the Royal Brothers, all of those guys who would commentate on their own matches as they went through. I mean, it's just like, I've I mentioned this match before so many times. I mean, Dave did a commentary on it um, several years ago. But that attitude of Leo and Arish, you can hit that bugger all night, boy, you'll not shift me. That was this match. This was just everything that I want wrestling to be. Um, you know, just stand there and go, hit me as hard as you can because you ain't winning. That was awesome. Just sheer joy. Just sheer joy. I cannot explain enough how I love this professional wrestling match. I'm going to have to watch it again very soon. Sorry. I was having a moment then. Carry on. <laughs> Carry on, he says. No, yeah. that's beautiful. I like hearing that. Yeah. It, it, I've watched so much wrestling, and I watch so much wrestling, and I have to cut down, otherwise I don't enjoy it. <laughs> I'm just, I knew this was going to be great. I knew they were, they were never going to let us down. Because if anything, these two care about what the fans think and the product that they produce, and they didn't have to try that hard to make this wonderful. <laughs> because they just had to do what they always did and they made each other look amazing. Carry on. Yeah. <laughs> okay, my, my side of the story. I, I don't feel the same way as you do, obviously, because No, because you're you're young. <laughs> I'm young, but also we have different tastes. Yeah. 
Um, so, but there's a big but. Uh, that's not. Never mind. Um, I did really like the the match. Obviously, I would consider great great wrestlers, but I also feel like they tell a self-contained story really well. Mm. Like even if you didn't see the run-up to all of this, you could tell what the story was. Yeah. Like I, I'm going to do what you do, but try and do it better, and then constantly counter each other and stuff like that. Um, and also commentary mentioned uh, Zack Sabre Jr. as the artist of the two. Mm -hmm. Like Brian Danielson is also artistic and also tells great stories. But I do agree that Zack is very creative. Also yes. as a storyteller. I, it, it's hard to explain because Zack doesn't really... He doesn't... He, he says a lot, but not so much as storytelling devices, if that makes sense. I see talks a lot of shit, but it's not so much to, to, to further the story, just talk shit. Yeah. Um, but he is very artistic in how he wrestles. And also his relationship with Fujita is very storytelling. Yeah. He's, he's showing him how he, things are supposed to be, not so much in this match, but in other matches they've been in. So mm. Zach is very much an artist who's showcasing what he wants wrestling to be to the world yeah whereas uh danielson is more of a well yeah of course this is how wrestling is supposed to be and i'm going to kick your ass yeah um and zach i, I like seeing touches of other wrestlers in zach like you mentioned the the british guys yeah but there there's also a bit of suzuki and zach that moment where danielson kicks him and he's like, I'm going to sit down, cross my arms, and have you kick me again. Mm. That felt like the Suzuki gun and him coming out for a bit. Yeah. Don't know if you agree with that, but that no, I, compl I agree with you. There, there was a level of no, I'm not going to back down. Yeah, you can kick me again. Just kick me again. That didn't hurt at all. Yeah, that, that's that's, it. How, that, that's the Suzuki part of his history of his wrestling career. Yeah, that's it, and it, that that's the thing is, it's like I, I just I'm just looking it up now, and one of the things that you just mentioned there, and have you seen the film The Hustler? No. No, Sorry. right. It's a film from the 1960s, and it's about Fast Eddie Felson, who's the best pool player in in America, and he goes to New York and to take on Minnesota Fats, who's played who's Paul Newman, who's played by um. Huh. Um, Jackie Gleason, and um, there's a there's a monologue that Fast Eddie has towards the end of the film, and he's saying is like, anyone can be great if he just does everything right, and he can just show you how great. Laying bricks can be great if a guy knows what he's doing and he just wants to put it there. And he said, I just wanted to show him how great Paul can be and how great it should be. And that, to me, is what Zack Sabre Jr. was doing in this match. I just want to show you how great professional wrestling can be. Mm -hmm. Because I'm the best at it. I'm better than you. And I'm better than you ever will be. And you don't know how good I am. And that's, yeah. that's, that's what the story was. And it was just like, yes, you're hitting me as hard as you possibly can. But I will not be denied today. Yeah, and he's telling the crowd that. But he's also telling New Japan that. Mm, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in in oh, yeah. character and out of character. Oh yeah, 
we talk about people being made. Now, it's very difficult to make a 20-year veteran who's the greatest technical wrestler on planet Earth made because he's already made to an extent that this is the match that made Zack Sabre Jr. today. Hmm. If he wins the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship in the next 12 months, this is where that journey starts. Yeah, and, and the crowd really wanted to be behind him because I, I had to laugh because there was one guy really loudly trying to get chance started for that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and he was trying, well, bless him, he was trying his hardest. But it was, it was obviously no. that I, th this is not a Japanese chant. No, and no. Zach is not an easy name to chant for them. No, CSJ is not an easy thing to chant for them. But the no. moment Fujita started stomping his feet or his hand on the canvas for Zach, they all went in on it. Oh yeah. Like, um, oh, th this is something we can do for Zach. Yeah, we'll do this. They couldn't. <laughs> the chanting wasn't going to work just because Zach, Zach's chance is a British chance. Well, Zach Sabre Jr. It's yeah. not going to work. He can't do that. There's too many hours in it. The, the <laughs> Japanese guys, are, they yeah. would try, and some yeah. of them would try. But he had a of set of lungs on him to be screaming that and was to be picking up on the ring mic. To be honest with you, he did his best. Bless him. Yeah, he did. And but you. But well, we did get a this is awesome champ. We did. And it's yeah. like now arguably that isn't the greatest thing in the world, but a Japanese audience giving a this is awesome champ. Because they loved Western wrestling so much that they want to tell you how awesome it is. In your language. In yeah. your language. Now that is respect for what they were yeah. doing in this match. And like I said, but they did it with wrist locks. Yeah. I, I think that the, the Fujita bits showed that the crowd wants to get behind him. Maybe mm. they have to try and figure something out, like a, a Japanese nickname for him, that makes yeah. it possible for the Japanese crowd to get a chance started. Because there are some foreign wrestlers where I'm like, the crowd wants to get behind you, but they don't know what to chant. <laughs> <laughs> like, Naito is easy. Yeah. Okada is easy, but. Mikey Zach, Nichols, it's, it's not yeah. easy. <laughs> no. Even Brighton, Danielson, American, Drag, there's too many syllables, and too many R's. Even Brian is, is yeah, Brian. awkward sometimes. Yeah, because it, it, this goes down to it, because me, me and Marcus and John were really worried that we were being racist by calling Glate Glate, but no, it turns out that that's the name of the company because the owners of the company can't pronounce their R's, so they called it Glate. But it means yeah. great because Japanese people have trouble with ours. So they went with that. <laughs> I, I, it, that's just, it stood by me when, when I was listening to the chants. I'm like, they want to, they're just not going to be. They love him. They love Zach. They do. Like, and and yeah. Zach's the kind of cocky heel slash face tweener guy that Okada sometimes is. Mm. And he's also, he can speak Japanese. And I noticed that the last couple of months, he's been doing that a lot more. He's even been in the, the I don't know what the name is, but the, the talk show that one of the, the ladies from New Japan does. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. the one I mean? Yeah, I know what I mean. He's also, he's also a resident of Japan. He looks yeah, like. yeah, yeah, I know. But he's always, yeah. when he was in Suzuki-gun, he barely spoke any Japanese. No. And Which now is unusual because he, he, he spent a long time in the Noah Dojo. As well. Yeah, I, but really I mean, um, New Japan is directly showing the the New Japan audience now mm -hmm. that this yeah. guy speaks Japanese. Yeah, 
because he was in that talk show with Fujita and he was he's speaking Japanese in it and all the other foreigners who show up there get a translator yeah that's the thing but he is yeah. not so that feels to me like New Japan is showing the Japanese audience look this is a guy you can get behind he speaks yeah. Japanese look yeah that's which it. is not something they would have done even two three years ago no and I, I yeah I, and he did call out NATO at the end of this match which is oh, the Sorry, okay, I called out Okada, which is the next one, yeah. But that's the next step. Can he beat Okada before Okada leaves? That's the next step towards NATO. But yeah, I, I hope know, they, I hope we they know do that. We know that's the end game, right? And I've been thinking about There's that. two Okada matches left, right? There's two Okada matches left. So say if one of them is Zack Sabre Jr., he gets a pinfall over Okada. Uh, uh, do we know anything about the other one or not? No, not yet. There could be so, any more. What I would like is the first match is Okada versus one of the young guys. Yeah. And you don't have to have Okada lose, but you can have Okada almost lose. Mm-hmm. And then have him in the second match uh, lose to Zack. Yeah. Because it, it it's builds the young guy for the future. Yeah. And it builds Zack for now. Yeah. And I That's think what I would do. I get the feeling Zach might be the Wrestle Kingdom main event is where where I would place it because I don't want you don't want NATO to like NATO had his last long reign interrupted. You want this this is going to be his last reign. Let's be honest, unless miracles happen. And so you kind of want to give him the run, so he really deserves to lose that belt in the Tokyo Dome the way he won. Mm-hmm. So. And Zach and Naito is Naito yeah. is always great. They're both and, really annoying, and that's fun. And how about this? No one's ever done this. No one's won the New Japan Cup and the G1 Climax in the same year. Mm-hmm. So why doesn't Zach win the G1, call out Naito, lose to Naito? Sorry, could win the New Japan Cup, lose to Naito at District um, at um, King of Pro Wrestling? No, whatever the some big summer show is, I can't remember. Um, and then go for the G1 and pull himself back together and go to Wrestle Kingdom as the number one contender. That is a story you could tell and would push him over the top as yeah. the guy. And I think they have to because they're indicating it also mm. with this challenge to Okada and with the match with Danielson and having Zach win, the, the, mm. the being on Japanese talk shows, stuff like that. But also, who else are you going to make Naito's direct rival right now? They're they're getting rid of Sonata really mm. right now because Sonata's yeah. not winning. No. So then he, he's lost two matches in a row against Naito. So it's not going to be him for at least a while. Yeah. So who else would you put in that position? And it's got to be. It can't. You can't bring one of the young guys up because they're just not ready yet. They're there. They're going to get there. But it's not like you can go. Okada came in alpha excursion as the complete package. He was good enough, but that's a once in a generation thing. You don't get that. You've just been lucky you had two in a row. <laughs> mm. So and they're just... also lucky that it worked out. Like Okada yeah. could have flopped. Like it's it's yeah. weird to say that now, but it could have happened could have if, if you give someone that much of a push and that much pressure at you the very beginning. That, you look at that Wrestle Kingdom match when he comes in after Tanahashi's won the belt, and he's got a puppy fat. You know, he's yeah. <laughs> it's just like, 
he just comes in with an, a massive amount of self-confidence. Um, so, yeah. But, yeah, that's the thing. But, yeah, it's exciting. It's going to be it good. Is. Yes. And I also like that TMDK as, as a group is kind of perfect for Zach to, to mm. be a, a focus because you've got, you've got the, the, the heavyweight star, you've got the tag team, and you've got the junior star. Yeah. And the young boy Perfect. coming up. And the young boy coming up. Yeah. Yeah, it's everything. Everything you need. Well, there we go. Right then, main event time. The first cage match in New Japan history in 25-odd years. Uh, pitting Bullet Club War Dogs against United Empire. Alex Coughlin, Clark, sorry, Alex Coughlin, Clark Connors, David Finley, Drill and Maloney and Gabe Clid, along with Ghetto. They went up against Francesco Akira, Henry Jeff Cobb, TJP, Will Ospreay. 64 minutes and five seconds. A lot happened. It was done under War Games rules. We started with Dave Finley and um, and Bill, Billiam. And Billiam. Osprey demanded 10 minutes after the two, they originally went with two minutes. And David set the tone by saying, nah, five. Because he knew the, because, you know, it kind of set the tone for the match. David Finley ruled this match. He was in charge of this match. He made this match go. And the War Dogs really did not let up through this entire match. There were spots where, you know, an Empire took the lead. But this match was about War Dogs. This match was about dominance. And this match was about setting David Finley apart as a leader in New Japan Pro Wrestling and who is the bigger and better faction. And sending Will Ospreay off with a good send-off, let's be honest. It was not a bad thing. Um, and he has been one of the big draws of the company. Now, I'm not a fan of his, as you're well aware. Neither is Christie. But, you know, as Osprey matches go, this had all the usual things you would expect. There was a lot of big spot stuff. But equally, this was a story well told and so much character development, especially from the War Dogs guys. This is going to take us a while to get through. So where do you want to start, Christy? Well, first of all, I watched this match, and, and regular listeners will be like, oh my god, she, she watched the Nostra match? <laughs> well, like, let's be honest, there was at least seven other wrestlers you didn't hate in this match. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, but normally I wouldn't have watched. Uh, mm. Osprey and then TJP and Hanare in one match, oh my god. On, on one team. <laughs> <laughs> on one team, with the, with the caveat that if Cobb was really injured, they might bring Riddle in. I'm like, no, 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 I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not doing that. But I decided to, because it's Osprey's last match, because it felt like this was a very important match for the future of New Japan. Mm. I figured, okay, I'll, I'll watch it. And it's like, uh, goodbye, Osprey. It wasn't nice to meet you. And <laughs> that's, that'd be the end of it. We we uh, never have to willingly watch an Osprey promo ever again. Ah, uh, or a match, probably. Yeah, yeah that's it. I, I'm sure I'll end up watching something by accident because he's been pretty much omnipresent. Even at All In, he was on that card. Like you know, I had to go watch him in person. Rude, but yes. How dare you? As <laughs> you've been everywhere, like every every company I watch, he's had a match in, <laughs> except TJPW. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Glade. Glade. He hasn't had a match in Glee. But yeah, anyway, Karim. Yeah, it's just I decided to watch it for that reason. Mm. Um, and I'm like, I, I'll, I'll say goodbye to 
William by watching this, you know? It was really annoying because there were a lot of packages, you know, hyping William up and the commentary was constantly, he's a, such an amazing leader. And I'm like, oh my God, just get through it, please. <laughs> but I, I, I like the match a lot more than I figured I would. Mm. So I'm going to get the negatives out of the way first. I, I will follow up with my negatives of the match as well. Yeah. Yeah. And then we'll get to the positives. Okay. A lot of storytelling. Sorry, you'll have to deal with that. Oh, well, because um, there's a lot of storytelling, but there's a lot of history, which is kind of my thing. And we'll talk about yeah, that. You and can get to of, the history and of, I'll get to yeah, the current yeah. storytelling. Carry on. You do your negatives first, then I'll do my, my negatives. My I've negatives. only really got a couple of negatives in it. Um, the headshots. Not a fan. Mm -hmm. I, I never like headshots. I don't mind headshots where they put their hands up. But there were a couple of headshots here that were unprotected. And I don't like headshots that are unprotected. So that's number one. And the blood. Like, I, I know why there was so much blood. And I, I'm not against blood in wrestling. I'm, I'm not like someone who hates it and who will turn the, it off. But everyone was bleeding. Except one guy. Yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to him in a bit. Yeah. yeah, excessively bleeding. And Hanari, I don't like Hanari, but I was literally worried for him. I was like, he needs, he needs to leave. He needs to yeah. go to the doctors. This is not, this is not good. Um, and I don't mind blood, except when it feels like it's just there to to shock people. Mm. And this felt like every guy was bleeding. On Twitter, I was like, oh, look, Akira's bleeding now because he wasn't bleeding yet. And they had to do <laughs> something about it. And oh, look, Drilla Manoni's bleeding now at the very end, even though he wasn't bleeding the entire match because all he has to bleed, I guess. And it, it kind of feels like they're all trying to one up each other. Like, if you're bleeding, then I'm bleeding. And that it wasn't a bit of blood. It was a lot of blood. Yeah. And that, that kind of loses its appeal when everyone's bleeding. Like I remember those uh, Gabe Kid photos where he's bleeding and through the blood you can see his blue eyes. You know yeah. that makes an impact when he's the one or mm -hmm. one of them is bleeding like crazy. And here all of them were. And I get, I get it. I and and it's good for this match. I just hope this doesn't become a thing because that. No. It, it, it it just this this match felt to me like I was waiting for the end, not because I hated it or because I didn't enjoy it, because I was like, I'm worried someone is going to get really injured. So I want yeah. to know that no one died. So please let's get this match over with, <laughs> so I know I, everyone's yeah. okay. Yeah, I, I I agree with you. I think those were my negatives. Yeah. I think, you know, if you were kind of like being more circumspect, I think I don't particularly want anyone to bleed in a wrestling match, but if you're going to have to, if somebody has to bleed in this match the match to get it over, then the two people who should have done with Gabe Kid because he always bleeds and Akira because he was the main focus all the way into the main, to this match. So you kind of have to have them too. Um, but equally, yes, I can understand it does lose its effect. Which is, and you know, traditionally business-wise, you don't do this very often because it it doesn't help business. You know, it can turn people off, especially the main quite conservative organisation like New Japan Pro Wrestling. So mm -hmm. I doubt we'll see this again for a very long time. Yeah. 
Um, and I agree on the headshots as well. Uh, I mean, there were some headshots that I, the throwing a chair at somebody's head, obviously you're not putting any force into it. So that does deflect a lot of it. But we saw a few of them as well. Um, the big issue for me was the length of the match. Like you said, it was just so long. And it could have been so much. I, I know they crammed an awful lot into it and it didn't really slow down, but it didn't really feel like a short period of time. Like you watch some like 40 minutes, 45 minute matches and it's been, it feels like 10 minutes. But this, because it was torture, it was literally physical torture a lot of this match. It did drag an awful lot in, not in the sense so I don't want to be like, you know, they obviously put an awful lot of effort into it and I don't want to be like negative towards it in that way. But if it was 45 minutes, it would have felt a lot more definitive. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It just yeah. it would have they packed yeah. things in a bit bit tighter because, you know, there is also the point, like, how can you go that hard for an hour? Yeah. You know, it's, this isn't like, you know, this isn't like a super smooth slick wrestling match, which is cardio and you're proving how great cardio you have. This is a fight for an hour. Like, actual street fights don't last this long. They last five yeah. seconds. I, I agree with that. I, I don't it didn't feel too long for me. Yeah. Um but I I think the whole um removing the ring pads and, and stuff, they could have done without that bit. Because also yeah. the, the energy really died for a second there where they spend like two minutes trying to get yeah, the just thing it takes apart. it takes far too long to do. I know I've seen it done before. There was um EC three and Bully Ray were well, two wonderful human beings, clearly. They had a similar match in, in TNA a few years ago um, where Bully was using a pile driver and, you know, they were really getting the pile driver up as a vicious maneuver and Bully was pulling the mats up to to do, like, the pile driver to give it more impact on Bear Ward, and, which is which is cool and fine if you can do it in a cool way, but it, it's, it's difficult to do because it's just those New Japan rings are so well put together yeah. <laughs> is the issue. I- I think um, it, I would have liked it if it was like a story like one of the guys, like let's say uh, Maloney has yeah. like, I'm going to do that. And he spends most of the match trying to get one part of the ring untucked mm. and and some of the wood sticking out because there was one beam that was sticking out at one point, which yeah. terrified me, by the way. And like, someone oh, yeah, kill themselves on that. Yeah. And that's his goal for the entire match. And the opposing team is trying to stop him from doing that. And at the very end, they manage it and they power drive someone on that bit. Yeah. That would have been fine. But now they yeah. spent like three minutes trying to get the ring undone. Yeah. The other issue for me was the cage because it looked like something they bought from a local hardware store. And I I understand I understand the I understand like you've got a bunch of aerial wrestlers so you don't want a cage that's ridiculously high, <laughs> and I understand like you probably want some space because you've got ten guys so doing a traditional cage match possibly wouldn't have worked because there would just not have been a space for ten guys to keep hitting each other. Do you see what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, but it did, did just kind of like we'd been promised. It felt a bit like we'd been promised a cage match, but this wasn't really a cage match but what they were trying to do wouldn't have worked in a regular cage so it was a bit odd if that makes sense it just seemed a bit the execution i could understand what they're trying to do in the match and but if you have that in a regular cage match like if you've done it in like the road war games cage matches it works because you've got two rings it's twice the size and did it yada 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 but 
then so they have to do something similar with this, hence the reason why it's a perimeter cage. And you also want it low enough for people to be able to do moves off of it because that will be spectacular. But then, in, then it kind of like drags down the concept, if that makes sense. So I, I get your point, but I disagree. Okay. <laughs> like I yeah. get where you're coming from. Yeah. But I feel like this is a very new Japan cage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going we, to explain we, what we, I mean. <laughs> we don't want. No, I understand what you mean. We don't want to embrace the violence. Yeah, but also it's it allowed for everyone to see what was happening. It was low enough that even the crowd would be able to see. The cameras yeah. were positioned in a way that you could see the ring perfectly fine. The the, the holes in the in the cage were big enough that a camera could easily shoot through it. Because that's always been my issue with like Helena Cell from WWE. Like only the camera inside is filming anything that's worth watching because from the outside you can't see anything. <laughs> this what not was not the case here. And it also felt like a New Japan way of using a cage. Like, we're not going to do the uber-violent uh, Western stuff. We're going to use the cage as a way to contain everyone. Yes, which I suppose was the original intention of the cage match. Yeah. This yeah. cage is to contain everyone, to keep them inside. It, I mean, that it that was... it's being used as a weapon is... Inconsequential. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. If you look at the um, the WWE cage matches of the nine, big blue cage of the nineteen eighties, Rick Rude versus Ultimate Warrior at SummerSlam ninety two, probably the most famous one I can think of at the top of my head. Uh, Hulk Hogan versus Big Boss Man at the Garden. They had one as well. The it's a very similar case to that. Big open bars you can stick a camera through, you know, so everyone can see lots more. Whereas this was, yeah, it, it, it does from a televisual point of view, but it does mean like the cages in stardom are actually more violent than the ones in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yeah, but I also think that's the problem, uh, the, the, the point. I don't think yeah. New Japan wants uber violent cage matches. I think this is like a one off, a, a, a one off, but also this fits the story and it fits their idea that they don't want the focus to be people ramming into the cage it, it's mm. it's it's containing the story that's that's yeah. the point yeah but the story is the guys not the cage and i think helena cell like i compare it to helena to the wwe because that's mostly the case matches i've watched other than this that's always about the cage oh look they're inside these pods and oh look they're throwing themselves from the top and hanging people and and stuff like that whereas i don't feel like this match was about the cage i think no. it was about the guys and about the story the cage has made it possible and made yeah. it special and i think that's as well this less on the more traditional booking of idea of you build a story and blow it off as opposed to the ww idea of we've got war games coming up we need to have two teams in war games because war games is coming up which yeah. is like, hey, no, you have a war games match because you have two teams that hate each other and want to kill each other. And here we have two teams that hate each other and want to kill each other. So you stick them in the cage because that's the way it works. Yeah, <laughs> this and is also how you draw because, people to go to an event. <laughs> and also because these are Western guys. So yeah. they're like, okay, 
let's let's do a cage and new japan was like okay we'll do a cage but would you do a cage that fits our standards and our expectations and makes it possible for the audience to see what the hell is going on in the cage um yeah that, that's how i feel about the cage fair enough no, i understand i i see it i only saw it as a negative but then but but again, it's like it's difficult. I, I see it as a negative because it's like it's not a traditional cage match. But on the equal, on the other side, it's like having seen the match and seeing what they were trying to do. If you put it in a regular cage, it wouldn't have worked. Yeah, and also New Japan has no history, real history of no. cage matches, so there was no set standard. No, it's not like they deviated from everything they've done before. No, that's true. There's only been one cage match in Noah, and that was very recently. Uh, um, uh, I can't. Uh, Manubu Sawyer and Kiyomiya? Not Kiyomiya. I can't help you. Nakajima. Nakajima and Sawyer, they had one when they were both in. Um, they, they were world tag team champions at the time, and they, they had a falling out and decided to have a. Whilst they were both members of Congo, decided to have a singles match to clear the air, and um, then they dropped and the tag team the title. Cage. <laughs> yeah, it involved a cage and Nakajima got his hair cut and, <laughs> and it didn't, didn't end well. <laughs> um, Nakajima has since left and is now, now in all Japan. But there you go. So, you know, bad things happen. Anyway, um, but yeah, what's the good? Do you want to give me one good thing you enjoyed? Then I'll give you one good thing I'll enjoy. We can go back uh, and forth like that. I mean, I have a lot of storytelling bits that kind of work together. Okay, then. You do that, and I'll comment on that, and then I'll do the things that stood out to me as like, I really <laughs> okay. enjoyed. Because it's like, and, and I, I, I've, got, wanna... I've got storytelling stuff too, but I'll, I'll okay. talk about that after. I'll end on the Finley point that I made. On Twitter, okay. okay? okay. okay. Uh, but first, I, this is going to sound really weird, but I have Osprey stuff to compliment. Oh, yeah. Not so much Osprey, but the story surrounding him, I thought mm. was really, really good. Um. First point, the Osprey Callum spots. Yeah. Also, also the, the Osprey Callum in the very beginning. Callum Newman wasn't in the match, but was mm. brought out by Drilla Maloney, if I yeah. remember mm -hmm. correctly, and tied to the ring from the outside. Yeah. As like a way to torture Osprey. Like, mm. look, I've, I've got your boy and I'm, I'm doing awful things to him and you can't do anything about it. Which it sets up the story immediately. Like mm. the United Empire are the, the group that cares about each other. And then you've got the bullies on the other side mm -hmm. picking on the youngest guy. And the guy inside the cage is stuck there and can't do anything. Like it's the opposite of keeping them in. Yeah. It's keeping Osprey out because he can't leave. He can't do anything to save his, his guy. And that was a great bit of storytelling from the very beginning. And then you've got the Osprey and Callum Newman doing the Oz cutter together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is Osprey passing on the torch to Callum. Mm -hmm. Felt like that to me, at least. Yeah. And I'm saying all of this from a point of view of someone who hasn't watched all the Osprey <laughs> stuff. So. <laughs> It's no, no, really you're right. based on what I know and what I can read from this match. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I agree with you. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you. Yeah, and then you got the comments uh, from commentary at one point, 
which you referenced earlier. I don't know if it was intentional or not, but Osprey, if you love it, let it go. Yes. Which was uh, concerning the fact that yeah, Akira was was just getting slaughtered at one point. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's just like, just, just lose, damn it. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's also um, maybe referencing that Osprey is leaving. Like, let, let New Japan go. Yeah, though, yeah. Let the United he's, Empire go. He's had a new he's had a new Japan tattooed on. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then the the most for me amazing brilliant shot of the entire match, the one where Osprey is cradling Akira in his arms, and mm. the entire group of the War Dogs are in front of them, surrounding mm -hmm. them while he's against the the ring post. And the rest of United Empire is either Hinare, so knocked out, or Jeff Cobb injured and tied to the ring, or... Uh, um, As one by that point. TJP. <laughs> yes. Don't know, don't know what he was doing. <laughs> and Osprey is cradling Akira, and he's like, oh, I, I can't defeat them, I can't beat them, and Akira is hurt and injured, and he decides, okay, I'm going to sacrifice myself. So he rolls Akira out of the ring and he faces the five guys and he's beats a pulp and he loses. And that's just such a good storytelling moment. Yeah. That I was like, this I, I don't know who wrote this, but it's brilliant. I would probably say that David and William probably put it together themselves because it there was a lot of they've got to get to an ending and like get a William them and right, we've got to figure out an ending and war dogs have to win clean. They have to. They just can't not do it in this match. So, yeah. therefore, well, as clean as an ultra-violent cage match. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, but, you know, as, as clean as they possibly can. So, therefore, how do you get to that end? And you make the match about the different factions and the needs and... And, and the different mentalities that they the have. The mentalities, because the United Empire is a brotherhood and war dogs are mercenaries. Yeah, and you've got and those two leaders yeah. who are complete contrasts in their way because yeah. Finley would sacrifice all his guys, whereas oh, Oscar yeah. sacrifices himself. That's it. That's then that's the key difference. It's like it goes back to that tweet about um Flip Gordon, which has more resonance in this story than you think, which Dave Finley put out years ago, which said, You are the dumbest human being I know, and I know and I know Osprey. And that <laughs> It, that resonates in this match because it is just like Will isn't as smart as David is and David is a better leader not because he is leading from the front and being the right guy for the job because he knows how to manipulate people better than anyone else. Yeah, and that's, and, that, that's the, and that's the final point yeah. that there's been a lot of discussion on, on my Twitter. <laughs> 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 I, I, I made the point that it's very impressive how they built Finley because at the very end, before they they beat William, um, and they leave and they stand on the what do you call it? the entrance way? Yeah. And they're about to leave through the curtain, and you see the five of them, and four of them are drenched in blood. Yeah. <laughs> and Finley Finley does have blood on him, but none of it. Is his no. the entire 
entire match, 10 guys. Yeah. Nine of them were completely destroyed. Bloody mess is injured and stuff. Who isn't destroyed? Who isn't bloody? David Finley. Yeah. The only I'm... blood on him is the blood of his enemies and the blood of the people he's convinced to almost die for him. Yeah, that's it. And that's what makes war dogs for me is the sense of there is a sense of continuity that Finley the fourth generation professional wrestler, the guy who knows everyone, the guy who knows everything, and look at the guys he picks. Here's the thing, and I'll tell this story now, because this is my point I was going to get to. Back in the early 80s, there was a group of wrestlers in the British wrestling industry, or the mid-80s, late 80s, who were considered untouchable, uh, and they were called the Riot Squad. And the members of that particular group, it's kind of a legend. Not much is known about it, and there's kind of a secret society kind of thing. But the members of that group were Skull, Fir- Skull Murphy, Bit Finlay, Marty Jones, William Regal, who was their young boy, and Kim McCoy, who was their other young boy. And they did a lot of the training for um, joint promotions. They did a lot of wrestling with each other and wrestled all over the country. And they were the kind of they were essentially a faction, but a non-kayfabe faction, um, and generally ran the business. And you look at this match, and Finley has got um, Gabe Kidd, who was trained by Marty Jones. You know, this is the next generation of the Riot Squad, and that history of you know, someone said like, someone did say on um, Twitter earlier said, well. Clearly, Gabe Kidd has learned used everything he knew from used everything he's learned from Shibata. And I went, yeah, but he was Marty Jones's student first. Marty, if I don't split you, split you here, I'll split you in the bloody car park, Jones. You know that attitude mm-hmm. of Gabe Kidd is from not just that mentor, but his other mentor. Now Maloney is another old school British wrestler who wrestles in an old school British way, but it's not the way of Zack Sabre Jr. and the Wigan kind of um, shoot style, strong style kind of approach. It's the rough and tumble, Mark Rocco, Marty Jones, Dynamite Kid, Steve uh, Wright kind of scurfing way, you know, and so is Car- so is um, Gabe Kid. Now, Clark Connors and Alex Coughlin obviously come from the American tradition, but they fit in just perfectly. And you were absolutely right about David Finley being like the smart one, the one who is not covered in blood because he can get his underlings to do his things for him, which is something that Osprey was not comfortable doing as leader of the United Empire, which was really what turned that organization into a babyface organization. And that's the thing. That's why this works for me on such a level in a storytelling way is because, A, it's historically resonant to me as a British wrestling fan. But it's it's something different. And there's someone did someone did mention like, oh, Gabe should be leading Bullet Club because he's more interesting character. And it's like, no, because this is a bunch of this is a bunch of criminals, and the criminal wouldn't have the strong man as the leader because you never give the strong guy the power. Yeah, it's also I, someone said that I replied with um, Game of Thrones. You ever seen Game of Thrones? Yeah. I've seen it, but I haven't watched it. But yes, I know the story. Yeah, the quote of Cersei. Cersei is the the evil queen, 
and one mm. of her underlings is like there there's power in in knowledge and in in words and stuff like that and she has the guards come up and she's like guards kill him and the guards are about to kill him and she says stop turn around walk three faces back and they do everything she says because she's a mm. queen and she's like yeah that's power but you know what pow what's power power is power mm. And that's David Finley to me compared to Gabe Kidd. Gabe Kidd can, could be a leader and he, he's loud and he, he's he's there. But when David Finley told him to, to shut up and fuck off, he did. Because yeah. David Finley is the one in control. Mm. He doesn't have to be loud because he's got the power. Yeah. And that's the thing. I, Peaky Blinders was the thing I was going to reference. There's a, there's a scene in Peaky Blinders where the Birmingham gang are going to try and take over London and they send some oppos down to London and one of the Jewish gangs in London is working with them and the big lad from Birmingham is the one one in charge and the leader of the Jewish gang is like never give the big guy the power it's only going to cause you problems mm. <laughs> and that's the thing is like you don't give gay kid any power because he's only going to cause you problems you point him at the other you point him at your problem and let him do his thing yeah and he will solve the problem yeah. for you also because he's emotion mm. he's anger that that's hard to control but when you've got you've got control it's useful yeah but when you when you're a leader that's not useful no, no it, it, imagine having a leader who when someone makes a, a nasty comment just runs at him yeah like, like fuck you i'm gonna kill you that, and, that's, and also, not, that's not good and also for a storytelling device you've already got um, like from a writer's point of view, you've already got House of Torch. You don't need two. Mm. So you need something that's this partial bullet club has to be different to House of Torture. Yes, it's the overarching thing, but as much as we dissed on Chase Owens and Kenta and Taiji Shimori, they're doing their own thing too. They're getting by on being wily and you know sneaking around old school bullet club style to get things done. But they're getting things done and house of torture are getting things done in their own way so this has to be something different from that it can't be you know it can't be ridiculous cheating comedy cheating like a house of torture match and it can't just be sneaky heel stuff with the ogs it's got to be violent and it's got to be upfront, and it's got to be we are going to beat you because we are better than you and we are better at being more violent than you are and we are willing to go further than you ever were yeah, and, and a very clear leader who has goons. Yeah, that's it. They're called watchdogs. I feel they're like more like guard dogs. Yeah, that's a really good analogy. This is, yeah, these are the guys who, this is your cannon fodder. They, li they listen, <laughs> well, they work well, they work as a team. Mm. And at one point, one of them is going to betray Finley. I mean, that, that's, oh, yeah. that's, that's, that's going to happen. Undoubtedly. But it's Bullet but, Club. That's... Yeah, but it, it's a better story when he's been a loyal, whoever it is, when he's been a loyal underling for yeah. a year. Yeah, exactly. And it's, you know, executive decisions have been made in Bullet Club before. Yeah. So I know that there's people who don't like Finley and who don't think he deserves this position. People are very <laughs> vocal about that. And it, but, but, but again, it's, it's wrestling. There's no such thing as it's not fair. <laughs> yeah. Well, putting that aside, as someone who hasn't seen the story and who hasn't seen him in years, I think this yeah. works. 
yeah, me too. And yeah, and it, the more you tell me that Finley doesn't deserve this, the more I'm going to be on his side. So yeah, and he's like I said, he's the he is the right person for the job because you have to have a certain amount of gravitas to carry yourself. And you know, and the people say, like, oh, he's just copying Jay Wine. It's like, no. If, if anything that I can see reminds me of is his dad, and that's yeah, not I, a bad thing. I don't thing. see the Jay White. <laughs> no, I don't it, either. Maybe because I didn't see the end of Jay White, but Jay White was always a, a wisecracker, a guy who was making comments and being funny, not in a, in a ha ha funny way, but in a trying to piss his opponents off way. Yeah, David isn't. David, David is, just... is is much cooler, calmer. Yeah. He's he's pissed, but not in a I'm going to overtly show you way, which no. Jay was always when Jay was annoyed, you could tell. Yeah, and Jay was insecure when yeah. David is not. Absolutely not. Absolutely sure of himself. Yeah. And and talking about insecurity, I talked about this with someone as well. Like Gabe Kidd being loud and in your face is feels more like insecurity to me mm-hmm. than than being calm, collected and confident. Like Finley. Yeah. And he has, he has he has to tell us, I'm a fucking madman. He yeah. has to tell us. We can't just figure that out from our own actions. His own actions. Which, you which, is, a which is a good story, by the way. It's yeah, a good yeah. character, by the way. Yeah, that's just, it. That's why Finley works as a leader and Gabe Kid doesn't. Yeah. It's it's got a lot more going for it than people think. Yeah, and I think and, this will actually possibly be the best version of Bullet Club. And this match has really made me want to get into the the War Dogs. I I wanted to call them Guard Dogs there, <laughs> <laughs> the War Dogs, um, more so than I I have in the past because there's more storyline to it than I figured there would be. Yeah. Any other things you would like to say? Because I've got a couple of things I have to I have to dwell on. Um, not. I, I do have one question about United Empire, but that can go after. My my one well, more thing I'm going to draw on: Trilla Maloney and the gun belt full of forks is the best thing <laughs> ever, because that's just that, yeah. fucking ludicrous. <laughs> and it looked great from from a distance. I'm like, oh, okay, that looks cool. And then, and then I saw what it was from up close, and it's I'm amazing. like, it's forks. Yeah, it's forks. forks. It's a gun belt full of forks. That's incredible. I was like, the unhinged mind of, of Dan Drill and Maloney is a wonderful thing I want to explore. <laughs> I'm not sure I want to explore it. That sounds dangerous. <laughs> it's, it's just like, it, it just, no, it, it caught the, the, the tag match we catch two to um, when he came out with a coffin. And just shout out, I hope you're Christian, was just yeah. that just blew my mind. Because you might think it, but why would you say it out loud over a house <laughs> microphone? Because that's just, that's insane. And I just love him. I love him well, more. That, that's a joy of New Japan. Because it's a guy like... in English to say all, all the shit that comes to mind. <laughs> and they get away with it. No filter, just like the intrusive thoughts have taken over Dan Maloney. <laughs> And we're going to have to live with it. And I am fine with that. I just want him to cut promos forever. <laughs> Maloney is just so funny to me because he looks like he he's like you. you what do you compare it to? A stripper? 
Male stripper. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that, to be to be fair, that that's um, um, that's the cheeky Jackie's fault. <laughs> 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 She did mention that she would perhaps like to see Clark Connors after they wore the white suits to the Clark Wrestle Connors. Kingdom. Yeah, Wrestle the the at the Wrestle Kingdom press conference they wore crisp white suits, and she said that she had some kind of magic mic mind magic mic <laughs> stuff going on in her head about them too. And I was and ever since then it's stuck male stripper stuck in my head as far as Dan Maloney is concerned. Yeah, well he, he does he does not to be insulting, this is not an insult, but he does kinda look nothing like, nothing wrong with being a male stripper, let's No, nothing there. wrong with it, but he no. does kinda look like it. And I know that Japanese fans enjoy the way he looks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and then you've got these like weird comments that he makes i'm like there's there's a bit of a disconnect here but maybe between the japanese fans and him because i can't look at him like he's sexy because he makes these comments that <laughs> just have me going dude are you okay <laughs> um he has really great hair though by the way i noticed yeah. that today when he's not dousing <laughs> it in water yeah no it's oh my it's just just makes me laugh so much just like oh my god it's 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 the um, i can't i i just can't like compare it but there are things that have come into my head like today as i've been thinking about it, what's it like and it's just like it's just stream of consciousness that's all he does it it's like he acts upon the things he says and the things that he says that come out of his mouth are just unhinged and it's amazing <laughs> and it's like it's just it's, it's, it's just it's the greatest thing to happen to pro wrestling in quite some time I can't, I, I can't, it's like when Dusty Rhodes was cut, maybe you won't remember this, but back in the day, Dusty Rhodes would sit on commentary every once in a while on pay-per-views and they had a street fight and I can't remember who I'd be nasty boys and somebody and Brian Nobbs picks up a bicycle to hit somebody with and Dusty just goes, he's got a bicycle. He's <laughs> just, just like, and he just can't stop saying it and he can't stop laughing at it because it's ridiculous. And it's like, this is Dan Maloney. It's just like, I, 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 I love him just because he's trying to be the most ridiculously over the top serious mercenary. And then he just comes out with the stuff he comes out with, like a gun belt full of forks. <laughs> Yeah, but that shows that shows personality, and that's it what does. I like. Like because my my issue with Wardos before is that they were all shouty, angry men. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. This makes him distinct from the other shouty, angry men. This is this <laughs> is it. I mean, it's I mean, it's, they've kind of like evolved to be a bit more distinct in the sense, like Alice Coughlin doesn't say anything because he's a machine, and that's he just fine. shows people his muscles. Yeah, exactly. Uh, oh, got mentioned when mentioned about him, and Clark Connors is kind of arrogant and you know he's still going to got that that it's basically it's not much different from his babyface character so at least it's a bit different and he's less shouty than well so they've all found their groove so that's what makes it more interesting for me as well as the kind of like you know the british the british wrestling law that goes into this version of bullet club um i came up with an unhinged thought about it as well but i'll go on to, i'll go on to clock um <laughs> alex kit alex coughlin um Alice Coughlin, first of all, coming to rings with five chairs on each arm. That's amazing. Again, only unhinged. Like, what? I'm going to walk to the ring with five chairs on each arm. Yeah, they all have their, their, their own thing. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, that's brilliant. He's like, I have chairs. 
Yes. Yeah. Look at my chairs. I have all of the chairs. The chairs that are mine. They are. I have not. more chairs than you. Um, the other thing was bringing two kendo sticks into the ring, as I did tweet about this, um, was a homage uh, to the greatest professional wrestling brawler of all time, Paul Vulcano, who once had Aja Kong and um, uh, uh, Aja Kong. She was tagging with Grizzly Yamamoto and she was going against Bison Kimura and Aja Kong who at one point just started whipping her with Singapore canes and Bull Nakano just stood there going, <sighs> <laughs> This is boring. Yeah, and it's just like Coughlin emulating that. Um, thank you, Clark, for bringing that spot back because, you know, not many people can do it, to be honest with you, because you want Aja Kong falling, spitting you with a Singapore cane at full chat? No, no one does. No one no. does. No. Um, so, yeah, so that that was the other thing. Would you like my unhinged? Oh, I, I do have a. Uh, now we're talking about all the weapons they brought. Yeah. Clark, Clark Connors and his thumbtacks. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> he brought the thumbtacks and he put them down and then he took his shirt off. So, so carefully. <laughs> and I was like, well, obviously you're going in now. Because you yeah. took your shirt off, and there was yeah. no reason to do that. No. I'm like, it's you're just begging the wrestling gods to go into the thumbtacks yeah. now. It's like the wrestling gods saw that, and they were like, "Oh, you took your shirt off? Well, fuck you! You're going in." Yeah, that's it. Whoever sets up the table will be the one going through the table. Whoever sets up the, the thumbtacks or the ladder will be the one going through the ladder. Gabe's Gabe kids going on Dusty Road, um, the Gabe Kidd and going on the Terry Funk spinning the ladder deal. That was ace. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, what's the logic to Clark Connors deciding I'm, I'm bringing thumbtacks and then I'm <sighs> taking my shirt off? What's what's the kayfabe logic there? I, I don't know, but I do like the fact he took the face bump first to make the and back bump more around. impressive. Because <laughs> you know, like, normally, if you just take the bank pump, that's it, you're done. Whereas he took the face bump first, which any wrestler will tell you is the harder bump to take. Yeah, <laughs> so he did and then the difficult he thing. around on his back and then got yeah. back up and then got yeah. back yeah. down again. He did. He did. Did you see who um, who retweeted that? No. Yun Kasai. <laughs> I, who, I, 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 he would. He, he said, <laughs> "Welcome to our world." Clark Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> so he approved. The God of Death matches approves. And he got this, and then he got stabbed with a fork as well. Once yeah. he got mad, <laughs> so it's like he did two, two of them. Yeah, no, it's just yeah, absolutely. I, the word the, 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 it was great. You can't deny the fact, the fact this match was great. And obviously, we've talked about it for a very long period of time, so it couldn't have been terrible. Almost as long as the match itself. Yeah, <laughs> but I think the fact that lots of it made us howl with laughter. Yeah, does tell you that there was a lot of this stuff that perhaps we we perhaps should have taken more seriously, but um, nah, but nah. But you needed the funny in combination yeah. with all the blood and the violence because otherwise yeah. people are just, just going to get more be, of a headache. Yeah, exactly. It would just be overwhelming, and so they did a good job of breaking things up with hilarity, um, and yeah, it 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 was a solid match. Nine eight point nine three from the cage match users. 29 votes. To give you a balance point, Kazuchika Okada and Hiroshi Tanahashi 7.5 and Zach and Brian Danielson 9.65, which I think is the highest rating I've seen this year. Oh. Yeah, which is just remarkable, really. 
for a card that I'd only really, well, you know, Chase and Kenta versus Girls of Destiny just wasn't bad. It wasn't a terrible match. It was just stuck. And the book themselves kind of unfair. Really. Yeah, they kind of booked themselves into a corner and trying to figure out how we get out of it kind of issue. It wasn't necessarily that the match was particularly bad. It was just. But also, you needed it there because you couldn't go from Okada to uh, Tanahashi to Saber Jr. and Dan Wilson. Mm. No, but you could have put it on a different card and it would actually have been worth something. Yeah. Yeah. Like I say, I reckon Currican Hall would have been a pretty good way of doing it and then yeah but yeah anywho so do you want my unhinged thought about um bullet club war dogs yeah sure so here's my theory okay the original version of war dogs was the catholic version of war dogs sorry bullet club was the catholic version of bullet club this is the protestant reformation version of bullet club Okay, this is lost on me because I'm an atheist. <laughs> so you're going to have to explain this. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> well, obviously, the original Bullet Club was led by an Irishman. Mm-hmm. Doesn't really get much more Catholic than that. Um, you know, unless it was led by the Pope. Um, and then this version is led by um, an, a German, half German, half American descendant of an Ulsterman. It doesn't get much more Protestant than that. <laughs> he also happens to be a Protestant as well. Um, I, but this is, this is much more about mercenary action and genuine work effort to get the job done rather than mm-hmm. fudging the rules to get yourself there the way the original Bullet Club did. So this is why I'm saying this is the, the, the Protestant Reformation era of Bullet Club because they're all about Protestant work ethic and getting it done on your own terms. Yes. And it's also talking about United Empire. That's what United Empire was originally supposed to be. Yeah. Will Osprey and his mercenaries. True. They just became really good friends. Yeah. Yeah. One thing we didn't talk about was that you predicted a heel turn in this match, and I was really well, I disappointed. Predicted that... two th- I predicted two things, and neither of them happened. <laughs> I was really disappointed that we didn't get a heel turn. <laughs> well, I I was disappointed in in two ways because that's the last point I wanted to talk about was a United Empire. Um, yeah. My original thought was Akira or TJP are going to turn on each other. I was urging more towards TJP turning, but yes, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. And then the other point, and that came up more uh, this morning when I was looking at stuff online, mm. is someone mentioned uh, that Desperado might adopt Akira because Strong Style needs people. Mm. Um, and in uh, the match order for Fantastica Mania, only two guys really on there, like Tanahashi's on there and Taguchi's on there, but also Desperado and Akira. Mm. And they, they are wrestling each other at some point. And then Desperado showed up for the commentary for this match. <laughs> and I'm like, it, it, is there going to be United Empire turns on Akira because losing and he ends up saving him? Or something like Desperado's just adopting all these wayward 
sons <laughs> to take care of them. And then uh, Suzuki comes back and he's like, where did you get all these guys? <laughs> where did you get these stray cats from? <laughs> yeah. Why are they here? <laughs> uh, that's that's what I saw this morning. Um Mostly because I was like, well, what's the story supposed to be? The story's supposed to be about TGB and Akira. And that it wasn't about either of them. Akira overcame his fear or something. I don't know. Mm. Um, is this going to go anywhere? Like, I'm I'm still assuming there's going to be a turn at some point. But I guess not now. Which makes sense because you don't want to overshadow Osprey leaving by having... United mm. Empire splinter immediately. Mm. I do think that United Empire needs to like die, not literally, <laughs> but <laughs> like splinter apart. Yes. After this, you can't. You can't have. I, I mean, I do want Gredo Khan as a leader, but I also feel like they it needs to end because Osprey was the glue in yeah. the story. Yeah, and you could, I mean, you could also say, like, you know, like, Aussie Open left to go to AEW, and they've kind of drifted away from the United Empire. That's partly because Dumpzilla's injured, and, you know, Kyle's excellent, and, of course, he's got pushed because he's excellent. Why wouldn't you make him bring on a world television champion? He's great. So they've kind of, like, dissolved away from the United Empire, and, obviously, Osprey's going to do the same. So it is just, like... Without those three presents there, do you are you really the same faction you always were? Yeah, and they're just so different. Just in the reactions, like, um, like even the reactions to uh, Akira being scared, like yeah. that, that was a great story about him actually being afraid, and he mm. mentioned it. A wrestler openly admitting that scared me. I'm afraid. Yeah, and the reaction to it, like Jeff Cobb was like. Oh, it'll be okay, dude. Next time it'll be fine. And then yeah. Hanare was like, "Oh man, be a man," you know, like <laughs> masculinity reaction, like, "Yeah, you're you're a pussy" and stuff like that. Uh, and Osprey was concerned. And then, you, and then you've got a demon, like yeah. Aswan. Like, does he care? Is it still TJP? Who knows? They're, they're so different that I don't see. How Okan is going to, yeah, this. I know. I would also say it reminds me watching back to old shows of New Japan. It reminds me of GBH, where mm -hmm. you had Makabe and Carl Anderson and Toriano and uh, Ishii, and they all just didn't look like they were on the same page. Mm -hmm. And a couple of months later, they all turned on Makabe, and suddenly they were all chaos. Because Nakamura came in, it was way cool. <laughs> what, what what do you do with them? Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, who do you get to lead this bunch of misfits? And it ain't that riddle. And, so... and if if you don't have them as a unit, where do you put them? Because there's so many. They're they're very big heel factions already. Do you add more people to them? And, you and can... do you make some of them face? Do you put them like in strong style? Yeah, this is it. It's like you, you can, and you've got merch to sell, and they're popular. So why wouldn't you keep them together? That is also an Osprey thing, though. Yeah. Well, yeah, but Okan's popular. Yeah, but he you could know? be popular on his own. 
Yeah, I, I think so. I don't think it, it's the connections in United Empire that makes Okan popular. Hmm. I don't know. I guess we'll have to like, see. Where would you put Okan if they're splintering and they're not staying? Where would you if, put Okan or Akira or TJP or? If you Akira is Akira is primed to be a babyface. He just mm -hmm. needs the right environment. So you could stick him in on time, get picked up by well, like strong style, like like I was, yeah yeah my, my um, dusty thing. He's adopted. I mean, this is what well, strong style is kind of a Hontai group isn't it in the same yeah, way but, it's like... but it, it's like for me it's, they have a team name they're they're not hauntai they don't call, call themselves hauntai no but they like if shit was going down hauntai would save them yeah <laughs> but okay. if i were to specify where to go yeah i would put i, I would put in, yeah in that particular kind of stream of things tjp is bullet club guy really just wearing a green outfit you know, he, and you would stick him with you would stick him with Ishimori, and the OGs because you know he's he's slimy, he's a bit rubbish, and you know Ishimori would he would he's the, he'd be the Chase Owens of the junior heavyweight division in the sense of he'd just survive. He'd always well, be he there wants to, to be survive. heavyweight though. Really? Why? You said it. I know he said it, but why? He's not big enough. <laughs> a lot of a lot of guys in wrestling believe, and in New, in New Japan, the fandom and the wrestling side of it believe that unless you've been successful in the heavyweights, you haven't achieved anything, which is dumb. It is dumb because I can name five or six guys from the nineteen eighties junior heavyweight division, but I can't barely remember anyone aside from Fujinami and Chosu in the early nineteen eighties heavyweight division. Because Tiger Mask and Dynamite Kid and Cobra and David Boy Smith and Bret Hart were the ones that did the work. Mm. Their legend is secure. But I can't tell you who challenged, like, I can't tell you the finalists in the IWGP tournament in 1982. <laughs> you know, it's, 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 yeah, if, you, if you're going for ongoing legacy, if you're after earning money, yeah, then yeah, I can make, see that making sense. But I can't see TJP having bangers with, NATO, can you? Oh, it feels to me like New Japan is like, okay, you've worked here a very long time uh, and we're going to give you... Has he, though? <laughs> I, I don't know. If, no, he, if, he worked... if he's saying it, then clearly he... He worked, I, I... He, he worked, in, the IW, he worked in the New Japan Dojo for a couple of years in, in the original US Dojo, and he's worked mm. for them for the last two years and touring Akira, but it's not a very long time. There was like a 15-year period where he wrestled for Ring of Honor, TNA, and for WWE. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's. I feel like he wouldn't say this if he didn't have New Japan's okay. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, but it is just like, yeah. And I, I don't... don't think New Japan would be the ones to suggest it. So I no. think this is a TJP thing, and they're like, okay, we'll give you what you want. Yeah. I don't think it's going anywhere. But. No, I mean, the Henry is the kind of odd one, because like, where do you stick in? He doesn't fit into anything else in his current character, because he's not really a babyface. David Finley? Make him he another... Could be a war dog, I suppose, because he does fit that kind of attitude better than, like... Because like, Okan and... Really, Okan and Henry are still heels, even though the rest of them are babyfaces, or rat wrestle like babyfaces. Make Okan the leader of uh, Ishimori and stuff. Yeah, yeah. 
I don't know. NRA Wardogs. I do like this idea of Akira with Desperado and Show as like a mini <laughs> junior <laughs> junior faction, except when Suzuki shows up. Shall we preview the last night of New Beginnings? So that's probably the next time we talk about this, isn't it? We're not doing Fantastic Mania. Yeah, we can do Fantastic Mania. Yes, we can do Fantastic Mania. When does that start? Oh, tomorrow. Tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> well, next week we've got that big show, um, haven't we? So we've, we've got a surprise yeah. for next week. It's the next uh, is week's it a show. Surprise, or are we talking about it? I don't know. Do you want to trail it, or should we should we do a big surprise? What do you want to do? No, you, you can talk about it. Okay, so um, we're going to have a big character breakdown of the current New Japan Young Guys roster to see who's going to break out and tell some incredible stories um, next week's show. And we have a very special guest, which is um, uh, We Work Stiffs Josh, which is very nice of him to come and join us, isn't it? And executive producer for that show will be Christy. Kind of. It's like mostly because I thought of it. It was entirely <laughs> your idea and you've done all the work. So yes, you are, you are executive producer for the day. Yes, that's right. And I get paid double what I get paid yes, now, yes. which is still nothing. Double scale, with a double scale <laughs> of our usual nothing to do this show. If you would like to support the Troopany show and actually pay us, <laughs> Patreon. Uh, if there's show, a billionaire the who's like bored. Like to show, yeah, we would like to keep us doing wrestling content. And then we could do today out every day this week. Every Fantastic Mania. Every Fantastic so Mania. Which, which, which. <laughs> We, we can do Fantastic Mania, but we'll talk about that off air. Because <laughs> <laughs> sure. I thought it was going to start in a week or two, and it's like, oh, no. <laughs> Tomorrow. Tomorrow, yeah. Okay. Um, let's see. So, well, we'll quickly go through the Hokkaido shows then. Uh, we're in Sapporo for night one and Sapporo for night two. Miyu Itani versus Mini Shirakawa for the IWGP Women's Championship match on the first show. Any comments on that? Two wrestlers you rarely watch. Yeah, sorry. I keep trying to watch Stardom, but Stardom doesn't allow PayPal. So, no. and they don't accept Dutch credit cards. Dutch, uh, not credit cards, Dutch debit cards. Hmm, weird. They've always been it, really difficult. To... It's it's really weird, and I've had this issue for years now. Like in 2018, I wanted to watch Stardom, yeah. and I couldn't. And I tried all sorts of things. I just I just can't because they won't allow PayPal and and. They don't it was see Dutch real. as real. They used to do. Well, they used to be on YouTube, and there was like on the, the the paid version of YouTube, and it was really easy. I mean, used to watch loads of stuff and stuff then, and then they went to their own service, which was really difficult to get hold of. And it's like, yeah. yeah, I just find it really strange why mm. a website would not accept PayPal. Yeah, and of course, the big news coming out of Stardom this week is Rossi Agawa <laughs> is gone. <laughs> Stardom is imploding. Yes, apparently so. Um, Rossi Agawa, yes. Well, there we go. <laughs> I do, um, yeah, he he's done some things down the years, but you know he's beloved by wrestlers. Um, a lots of former Stardom people are saying how much they they loved him and truly supported him this week as, as he goes because they do love him because he does yeah, an awful lot for apparently them. Apparently, Mayu is really upset that she can't. Yeah, she leave. can't go. Yeah, because apparently Ross is going to start the promotion. Mm -hmm. So we'll see what happens with that, but. Um, yeah. I know I know they're really good though, these two. And yes. I, I have seen matches from them. It's just I don't follow them. No, there we go. Speaking of people you don't follow or I've ever heard of, Tomiyawa, Tomoya will be tagging with Toriyano against two other people that have not been announced. Okay. Tomoyo is a 
from IWA, who not the deathmatch IWA of the 90s, the comedy IWA of the 2000s, as the company evolved when they didn't have the budget to select Viola Barbwire and became much more of a comedy fun show. So there you go. And is this a case of like Restra X or is it just going to be two Young Lions? Uh, I'm guessing Young Lions to showcase the veterans would be the most sensible thing to do yeah. there. Uh, Non-title match, El Desperado versus Show, which we now know is a title match. The loser, where Show loses, he will join Strong Style. Oh, I hope it happens. Come on, wrestling <laughs> gods, do something for me here. Come on. Evil versus Shota Omino for the Never Openweight Championship. Any comment? I I'm I I'm I'm. Not sure about this one. On the one hand, I want to give Shota everything mm -hmm. because I like him and I think he's really good and he could do with the title. On the other hand, I also think that him being a, a kind of Naito figure and that he's constantly chasing would be a good side of his character. Uh, and giving him the never title already, I, I feel like he's he's good as a frustrated baby face who's getting attacked from everywhere. Mm. Mm. So I'm I'm okay with either outcome. Really. Okay. Los Ignorables de Japón versus Just Five Guys again. <laughs> I'm fine with it. Give Hiroma more time to flirt. It's all cool. Fair enough. Oh, God. The NW New Japan World Television Championship Hiroshi Tanahashi versus. Well, I, I'm going to make the suggestion that we just say he's not wrestling anybody. I think we should it's not happening. I, I won't be watching that match. I think we, I, I think we, Tana, I think no. few long time Troop Show fans will remember the phrase too Elgin, in which case we just do not mention that person anymore. So Roshi Tanahashi will have a match versus no one. He'll be there guitaring for like 15 minutes. Yes, there you go. IWGP Global Heavyweight Championship match first defense David Finley versus Nick Nemeth. I'm intrigued as to how this one will go because I, I have watched and watched Nemeth wrestle before, but. I'm intrigued how he will go in a completely new environment because, like, you know, when you wrestle for one company for as long as he has and you've got a chance to reinvent yourself, obviously he's got name recognition. He's not going to reinvent himself like a massive male, like Black Scorpion kind of deal. But I'm intrigued just to see what he comes up with. Yes. Yeah, oh my fair. God. <laughs> what? You okay? <laughs> <laughs> I've just seen what's on the second night. <laughs> just howled with laughter. So Tommy Ayo and Toriano against two indiscriminate wrestlers again, right? Yeah. So we can't say anything about that. David Finley and Ghetto versus Nick Nemeth and Raisuki Taguchi. No, not Taguchi again. That's the reason why I just like howled with laughter. <sighs> but there you go. And then, like, we have... I, I have just to be sure, I have nothing against Taguchi. I just I, I don't enjoy his character. Local man ruins everything. Yeah. And <laughs> it is funny that he ru just ruins everything, and everyone who teams with him ends yeah. up in trouble or turning evil or, joining... or just leaving. Because if you look at the Taguchi Japan <laughs> list, the only one who's remaining is Tanahashi. <laughs> Like, who can't and there used leave to be like 10 of them <laughs> yeah who can't leave because yeah <laughs> well maybe this I... is why Tana's knees are so bad he's still yeah. in Chikuchi Japan from carrying Raisuki Taguchi <laughs> all these years Apollo it all started with Apollo 55 there you yeah. go 
all went downhill from there. Then we got Bullet Club and the whole thing happened and everything's to Gucci's fault. Global warming. It's Gucci had fault. just made David happy. If he just yes. If he'd just been less like he was. And but is. no. But no. And now here we are. And then we have it's it's just five guys versus um, Lij Gauntlet. So Takemichi Noku versus Bushi. Oh, that this this is this will be fun. Uh, Romu Takahashi versus <laughs> not so much Bushi versus Taka though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I like Taka. Taka and Bushi is always a bit of a classic. I'm sure I'm, I'm, I'm sure it'll be fine. But character wise, I'm more interested in the others. True, but I'm reckoning Michinoku driver. We have a definitive winner about between the two guys who always get pinned. The two guys who both admit that they're the two guys who always get pinned. <laughs> That's a story. I want that to happen. Then I want Taka to sit in the back on his phone taking pictures like he does on his own shows. Um... <laughs> I want it to be a draw. Somehow. Oh, okay. Somehow yeah. it's a draw. That'll be 20 and minutes, then... won't it? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Hiromu Takahashi versus Dookie, which is the, the, the obviously the major draw for us, because what's going to happen next is harrowing. Um, so yeah, and then Yotasuji versus Yui Yumura in a hair versus hair match. No. I know. Okay. It will all be okay. Like, I know it why, it, why, why it's going to happen narratively and character-wise, and if it's you, yeah, it's probably good for him to reinvent himself, but just it's a shame i think if it's yotasuji you'll cry <laughs> no 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 the other way around oh, okay fair if enough. it's you yeah i'll cry okay because his hair is gorgeous <laughs> sorry i mean i'm a yuya girl okay that's fine no i'm i'm a yuya man i know yeah daichi versus it's the one Tukari. thing we agree on well, we agree on a fair amount really to be honest with you uh taichi versus shingo takagi as the two dads of the organizations face off against each other for the umpteenth time in the last three years. <laughs> so it'll be all right. At least you can't have a bad match, so it should be fun anyway. I just happened to watch uh, Tai Chi versus Shingo from Saka Tai Chi. Yeah. The last one. Mm. I just ha- watched that yesterday. Yeah. It was really always, good. They always pull, pull things out. The, the dangerous T is, he really seems to get going with Takagi, but. Takagi doesn't have bad matches with people. I think it, I know it was to believe all those years basing for people in Dragon Gate means that he just knows how to have great matches. He just sees what the other guy can do and uses that to make it great. You see what I mean? Mm, yeah. Yeah. It's actually, cause... it's kind of similar now in a way mm. that he, he makes others look good. So they thought when they wrestle each other, they actually are better than the sum of their parts. Yeah. Is it Ishii's a very Taichi... similar thing? Yeah. And yeah. Taichi makes Sonata smile, so that's yeah. always a bonus. And in the main event for the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, the first defense, Tetsuya Nata defending against the former champion, Sonata. Um, where are we got? We're in Hokkaido, aren't we? Isn't that Sonata's hometown? I don't know. Could be. It yeah. would be really funny if Naito lost. Oh, no, no, it's in the east from Nagata. Oh, uh, okay. Mm. Would still be funny if Naito lost. <laughs> he's not going to he's not going to but just imagine internet if he lost <laughs> he's not going to lose this is he's one of those not, situations I know it's like 99% chance that he'll win but imagine that 1% 
And imagine the reaction from the crowd. Oh, horror, no. absolute <laughs> abject horror. Yeah. But, oh, well, they, they couldn't do that because Sonata would be ruined if they did that. Yeah, that, that is the thing. You can't do that. You know, and they've already ruined enough wrestlers down the Ibushi. I mean, look. <laughs> they, they could have printed money with Ibushi for years. The unification of the belts was a great storyline <laughs> that Ibushi enjoyed a lot. Yeah, but why? 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 Why did you do that? Get rid of the most two most beautiful and respected professional wrestling belts in in wrestling history to replace them with. And why would you make it Ibushi's decision? A copy of Cody Rhodes's tattoo. No, but why why would you put it on Ibushi as it, him yeah. being the one that decided on this? That's just everyone hated Ibushi. Ibushi, who can hate Ibushi? Yeah, it's like yeah, that that was the thing. Uh, Issa, who, who made the comment this morning, you sure you don't like Dan Maloney because he looks like Dan Maloney to me? Which <laughs> <laughs> um, like, yeah, fair enough. Uh, um, it, she she pointed out that at the time it's like so all of the regulars who normally hold that belt don't get any same decision, and drag and um, DDT boy gets to make the decision for us, and that's how we all felt. <laughs> yeah, it, New Japan is kind of special, and that they can they can. They have a hard time making stars, but they very easily destroy them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a special kind of talent if you can make Ibushi unlikable. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, I hope Ibushi's doing well. I saw pictures of his, on his Twitter and Insta- Instagram. He uploaded a video on Instagram. Yeah. Seems to be doing better. I hope so, because, you know, I watched that match with Marafuji and... It looked really odd, that injury, and I hope he's okay, because it's like I've seen him do that triangle moonsault, like, how many times over the last 20 years? <laughs> and I suppose... Well, apparently, both his ankles were yeah, he, broken he land... and his arm. Yeah, he landed... He landed normally lands on the balls of his feet and then springs back, but when he sprung back, he was already kind of going... He was going a lot heavier than he normally would do. Uh, well, I, I yeah. saw a picture of how it looks now and it, it seems to be healing well desperado yeah. reacted to it yeah that's that's why i saw it <laughs> i think despi would rather quite like a match of kota Ibushi, but then most people would i think despi has a as a history with kota Ibushi. he does yes indeed. he was he came back to new japan and tried to give Ibushi flowers he did i can remember watching it because Ibushi, Ibushi was junior heavyweight ton- yeah and Ibushi was like, oh, these are nice flowers, but I'm not as into you as you are into me. I'm not as into you as I am, Kenny, my long-lost love. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then Desperado was like, okay, I'll move on to another boy. Nah, but after it took he, a long after, time. After he got his ass handed to him by Ibushi. Right. <laughs> and by Suzuki. Yeah. For years. Well, yeah, well, I mean, that, that was the catalyst that sent him towards Suzuki. <laughs> yep, yeah, it was. Yes, there you go. See, Ibushi, also, ruiner of things. Anywho. <laughs> no, he created Desperado, the Desperado he, we have now. Yeah, he did. He, he put him on the path to large Thank amount you for breaking his heart, Ibushi. Yes. But anywho, that's the Troopity show for today. We did manage to <laughs> get... ended in a positive! Yeah, we managed to keep it under four hours like we thought we would. I was trying for four hours. I don't think either of us got the energy. It was too draining today. Well, actually, I'm I'm feeling pretty good about this show. Yes, I am. I well, 
the cage match guys gave it nine out of ten yeah after one about this show and and also about this recording i think we were excited for most even 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 handedly positive and i think as well i mean this was incredibly well aside from the tag team match it was incredibly well balanced show um it didn't drag except towards the end in the in the match but after an hour and a half of watching people stab each other you're gonna like you know i'm oh, sorry after an hour and 10 minutes of watching people stab each other you are going to feel like a little bit worn out i think um, that was also the point though yeah um but yeah no this was this this just sets off so many stories and as much as we will miss okada you get the feeling like you know we, we did say like it's new japan do sometimes find it hard to make stars and find it very easy to destroy them but um this was people got made lots of people got made and that's what's going on here and that's that's, that's exciting great. yeah and also that that podcast that we're going to do next week just having to to slim down the amount of young guys they have yeah there's at least 13 guys under 30 and that's and not the, including the, the the current young lions yeah and there are so a few, that would be 15 yeah there are a few hovering around there that are going to have long careers still as well even and the, there's like five or six who are like mm. 30 or 31 32 mm. like they have so many young it's guys going, it's going to be great guys don't worry we're all going to be good Give that's the main year. thing Give it a year. Well, not even that. Give it to the G1. And watch yeah, but, all... but give it a year gonna... to see where everyone ends up. Uh, yes, for sure. But I think G1 this year is going to feature a lot more people that we have not seen before um, and do great things, especially if they go to that 32 format that they've had the last couple of years. If they keep that, they can really showcase these young guys coming through. Because they didn't really get a chance. Shotsuji didn't get a chance to do it last year, really. Iwamura hasn't. Uh, Shota did it, but he will have more depth to him this year. So, yeah. And Rita as well. It's going to be. Yeah, and, and they won't be the young guys anymore. No, they've got. If they've you're got the young some... guy in the G1, you're winning maybe one match. Yeah, so they've got some momentum to go with it. I'm excited. There the you show go. actually had me very, very excited. And right. I even complimented Osprey. So also that ends well. <laughs> right. Well, thank you very much for listening to the Troopany Show today. My name is James Troopany. You can find me at Sheriff Lone Star on Twitter. You can find me on Instagram, Sheriff Lone Star TX. You can find the show, Troopany Show, on Twitter and on Instagram as well as a Troopany Show. Christy, where can we find you on the internet? You can find me at Smark Infested on Twitter. On Twitter. Not X, because we don't use that name. Um, no. Um, and uh, you can find the show also on Facebook, The Troopany Show, and on Patreon, The Troopany Show. We will be back next week. We have other things to discuss. There is wrestling afoot, lots of it. Like we said, Fantastic Mania starts this week for most of the week, 12, 12 nights of CMLL crossover for you to enjoy. And we did say that we, we do do, like, we did, did say one year we're going to do Fantastic Mania and never get around to it. So we will do at least one show on Fantastic Mania. Um, but we're I'll going to discuss him. that now. No worries. We're going to discuss that now. We have a production <laughs> meeting after this. Take care, and we'll speak to you soon. Bye. Bye.